hand into the fire. Run. Run! Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-Earth strategy battle game podcast. If more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. It certainly would. Does that keep you warm in the winter if you can't afford your bills? And uh... I, I think it's supposed to. Um, <laughs> you know, certainly if uh, you are lacking in the old fundage to keep things uh, running, then I suppose that's one way of doing it. Which I suppose we shouldn't really make light about. It's quite well. I think it's it's um, British humour, isn't it? We we like to take yes. the mick out of ourselves. But if yeah, hopefully none of you listening to this are genuinely struggling to do too much. I know it's difficult for some people at the moment. Um, but anyway, Dan, do you, do you want to tell the listeners what we've got coming up tonight? Well, some of you may have noticed from the title of the podcast you have clicked on that we are going to be discussing Throne of Skulls 2022. We're also going to pick up on the uh, latter half of the Rings of Power series, and we appreciate there's been a while, and just the general sort of goings-on of what Stu and I have been up to, and then we'll see you out. And here we are with many meetings where we just basically talk a load of rubbish. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we, we've been we've we've spoken, but we've not um, we've not recorded again for over a month. So we're going to have some things to catch up on. Um, yeah, I've got some apologies to make because we we did have some intentions as, as all best laid plans. They didn't really go to pro- it we didn't happen. It's um, quite busy. Um, it's, so it's standard, isn't it? Schools, we did ask when there's going to be next one, and we had previously agreed. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll do two. That's, that's just not happened. If um, more fool any of you for believing us, in fairness, or believing me. So <laughs> unfortunately, you're only getting one this month. But hopefully, it'll be a, a, a bumper Christmas one for you. Um, hopefully, it'll be out before Christmas. We're recording on the 14th as we are. Oh, it'll so. be it'll be out before Christmas. Um, a few things on playing with at the moment aside with us rehosting somewhere else etc but as long as that doesn't go too too wrong um it should should definitely be at christmas i'll talk about that at the end of the show anyway um and in terms of content yeah there might not be two but this is probably going to be the same amount of content anyway really and uh, we're just squeezing an extra section into it really um so but we've had some we've had we've had news i suppose is it news we've we've Osgiliath is is finally out. So the new starter is now a, a officially released, isn't it? People have people. Have, it's, it's it's been a weird pre order, isn't it? The way they've done that was was a little bit strange. I felt. I don't know if you felt this. I pre ordered on the original pre order pre order, um, and received my set. Um, and then obviously not everyone did that. And then you couldn't you couldn't even look at it on Games Workshop's website. But it was on sale on the shelf in loads and loads of local stores and things, non-Games Workshop stores. So it's, it's this weird situation where you couldn't buy the new starter set from Games Workshop, but there were plenty of friendly local game stores that had one on the shelf, um, which was a little bit bizarre. I remember having someone ask me about it when I did the video, did the sort of unboxing video, which I put on, on my YouTube channel. Someone asked me about it, where to, where to get it from, because they couldn't see anything on the on the website, Games Workshop website. I was like, yeah, just go, to a, no, go, to, go to this store and have a look. They've got some in stock. Um, but 
it it's cool. I like the way they did it in terms of making sure that they had the right amount of stock so people weren't, you know, left wanting them and, and not having them, which has happened with some of the other releases. But um, it, it was a little bit weird having one in my hands and being able to order one at that point from quite a few different stores, still have them in stock, but not being able to look at the price of it, the full recommended retail price on, <laughs> on Games Workshop's website. It's rather bizarre. Yes, it's... um. It's always nice when they mix up the way that we're able to get hold of stuff. And for once, <laughs> broadly, it's been well received, I believe. I haven't seen, well, I, I don't necessarily um, plumb the depths. Um, there are certain places in the internet I just flat out avoid for the sake of my hobby. Well, you, you avoid a lot, actually, don't you? But, um, but Yeah, because I don't see the point in giving airtime to people whose opinions are, in my opinion, and I'll go straight on, it is my opinion, as a terrible GW shill, they are toxic, and I have no time for it. If you're only on to anything, if her printer goes brr, then, you know, if you've got a room temperature IQ, mm-hmm. get it out. No time for you. Don't want to go down to where you are. I'd say the response has been fairly consistent through the three main big groups, and are all, you know, all pretty big these days. Um oddly, yeah, you, you looked at that, didn't you? Yeah, that really um, surprised me. So I remember when when I first got into this back into the game, when we were around the time we started the podcast, I think the, the GBHL one was, was the biggest, but only just, and then there was the, the Lord of the Rings rocks one, which was really close. And then there was a small, smaller one, um, the middle earth strategy battle game one, the one with the most kind of straightforward name. Um, that I think it started around the time that I'm, I might be wrong here, but I'm, I'm guessing they probably started around the time that the game was sort of rebranded that way. And, uh, maybe around the time of that release but they i think they're the biggest now which kind of makes sense because more and more people searching on facebook we're talking about facebook groups here has been really really kind of vague there um i think more and more people searching it are going to search the name of the game or the, the system and find that one um, so it makes sense that people may may click join on that one but they're all very very similar size now and they're all pretty big but yeah dan the 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 response is pretty much the same on the ones you're not members of as well as the ones you <laughs> the ones you are. Um, it's all most most people are pretty happy with it. You get a few people comparing it to um Pelinor and, and saying, Well, we've got more models in Pelinor. Um I suppose that's a reasonable comparison to make because hmm. we are gonna compare starter yeah. to starter. It's it's a it's a, a fair comment. Animals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a fair comment. I think in terms of weight of plastic, you um, you probably get more in this, and that's the that's the deal, really. It's it's not Pelinor. Pelinor was brilliant, um, but um, this is probably more of a focused set, I'd say, uh, more of a kind of well, it is Osgiliath, isn't it? And Pelinor's a bigger thing. You have got three kind of starter armies, really, but they're a little bit more sort of bitty. Um, you had your one new sort of plastic character, where this feels like it's two kind of slightly better matched forces in terms of a two-player starter. So I think in terms of a two-player starter, this is a, a nicer, a nicer little kind of get you into the game. Whereas Pelinor was a you got a lot, a lot of plastic here, a lot, a lot of plastic models, and you could a real nice core to start three different armies. So in terms of value, um, even for existing players, they were pretty good. But they, you know, you can't have another Pelinor. Um, they've already talked about why they did they, what they did with Pelinor, didn't they? They wanted to really, really kind of give it a real big relaunch and a real big kind of look. Look at this game, wow! Um, and this is just it evolving. Um, luckily, most of the people that are seem to be complaining that it's not as good already own Pelinor. <laughs> so I mean it's not 
Um, but um, yeah, it's mostly been pretty well received, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that's that's a very fair way of uh, looking at it. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, in the, in the groups I do frequent, it's really, really well received, and they tend to be the sort of more positive ones anyway. So it's not necessarily, you know, it's a bit of fish in a barrel that one, but yeah, um, it doesn't make the value or, or the uh, uh, weight of their opinion worth any less, I suppose. But um, no, it, really it's valid, isn't it? Like, it's something I would try and because I'm pretty positive about things i don't like negativity for the for the sake of negativity so i try and do take a deep breath sometimes and think hang on a minute rather than just defending the the set because i like it actually trying to think where the people who are saying that they you know they were disappointed with it are coming from um in many ways i think we might have been spoiled a little bit with with the number of 28 mil miniatures that were given away with pelinor which means it was made it hard to follow and if people were just expecting that many miniatures again, um, I can see why they might be might be disappointed. But also, um, they're often the same people complaining that they're old sculpts. Well, that box was full of old sculpts as well. Um, um, and the kind of sculpts that a lot of people have got lots of um, um, and can buy lots of on eBay for for cheap, just as, as you can with these. So I wasn't too worried about the the kind of the older sculpts. What was in there is for me, it's about the balance of a of a nice starter set. And this is just a um, another way of doing it. If I had the choice between the two, um, and they were both they were alternative options, then I don't know which I'd pick. But I, because I'd already had Pelinor, I'm guessing I was already. I'm quite happy that I'd already bought that and owned that, and then this was this was something new. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. I didn't overthink it. I just thought, well, it's got the new rule book in it. Um, yes, it's the, the same rules, but it's the FAQs are all in there. That's all good for me. I don't like having loads and loads of printouts and things. I wanted the new rule book. I wanted the new characters. I wanted the new terrain. And then by the time you've added up the prices of those things, we'll talk about that in a moment. But I think you've pretty much covered the value of the box anyway. Um, especially if you get it from third party. So I think the full recommended retail price is £125, isn't it? Um, quite a few places were doing it for about 100 Somehow, I think I didn't get them from this because I think they sold out pretty quick. But I think Zatu Games were, were like doing something like crazy, like £78 for like, and it just, they just sold out really, really quick. That's just insane. I don't know how they managed to do that. Um, they pro- probably did a lost leader on it, didn't they? And just get people to go into their um, website, buying other things maybe. But um I think most most places you can get it for between a hundred and sort of a hundred and fifteen um, on on the you know the standard GW discounts and things. Um, I don't know what they are at the moment. That was the pre order price. I don't know now because GW just put its prices up to third parties, hasn't it? I don't know if you noticed that, Dan. It's just, the, yes, so the they trade, have. Inc- the, well. They've not yes, increased re- recommended retail price, but they've increased the, the, the amount they charge to your, yeah, your local stores. Our you... local um, was offering up to 25% off for members of the, our local gaming group, and I think it's 20 now. Yeah, yeah. Because that... I, the, I think they swallowed a little bit of it, because mm-hmm. I think GW put up about 5.5% or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's, it's, yeah. it is what it is. There's, it's it's an expensive time to be um, doing anything. It's expensive for us at home. Um, it's expensive for businesses as well who are still using, funnily enough, electricity and um, the, the costs of shipping from the, from the still hangover from the pandemic and all the other things we all know about. We won't go into detail. It's, it's, it's a lot more expensive to to produce things these days so they've had their own margins cut so i'm no surprise that that gw are, are doing that 
um, rather than just putting our... I've seen a few comments about that saying that that was a really harsh on their um, local game stores doing that, but I actually thought that was the better way of making sure you're not hitting all consumers. Um, so people can still get a discount on recommended retail price, just not well under the recommend, uh, quite as far under the recommended retail price if those retailers choose to reduce the amount of discount. If you're still getting stuff 15, 20% off, that's still really good. Some of these discounts were incredible, weren't they? So um, yeah, it wasn't yeah, something that I made me think times. that anything terrible was going on at all. <laughs> but um, you know, we all have our opinions on, on price and relative value, etc., etc. Um, but yeah, I think for even at full retail price it seems to be fairly good value um so let's let's you've got to have lived under a rock to know you know not know what's in the box but in case there is a couple of people who will listen to this and but don't really play the game and you know sort of keep half an eye on it through listening to the podcast um so the new starter set you get the new hardback rules but rules manual which is essentially the same we've already talked about this before but essentially the same rules but with all of the faqs and little changes like that reworded and, and, and rewritten into the book so you don't need to print out the faqs if you've got this um that's from the main rule book obviously not the army books the army books are still separate and all the existing army books and supplements are fully compatible with it because the rules have essentially haven't really changed um, you get a little scenario booklet which sort of teaches you how, your first few sort of games how to play, like you normally do in start sets. Um, you um, get dice. Um, Danny Entwistle's first um, published work, I believe. Fantastic, for, yes. Like yes. fully published work of his own, all of his own. His all very of his own, own. Uh, Middle Earth. Well done, chap. The scenarios look pretty cool, so it might, might be something to give a go at some yeah, point um, next year. Gorilla Miniatures is playing through them all. Oh, He's brilliant. done some videos and stuff, and they're re- it's a really really good set of videos i've been enjoying watching a few of those do, i do like his channel he does do good stuff so i might have to go and have a look at those um yeah, ones were phenomenal his videos for that and how he painted that up that fast i still don't understand <laughs> i think he has to just to get things out on the on the on his channel and stuff um so what else have we got so you get your dice and your your kind of ruler in it range ruler and then you get some some new gondor terrain so you get four lots of the ruins um we don't know yet what they will be individually and and what you'll get in one set um so it says f- includes four times gondor ruins i wonder if you'll get four in a set or one whether i wonder if we'll get two in a box um hard to tell um it looks m- more likely because that's almost like the footprint of a, a building if you you know if you consider them two l's put together you know, yeah i wonder it's just i'm just trying to think how they'll price it I might be ripping open the box again now just to kind of get a, a better idea really at a guess um if it's those thin boxes i'm trying to remember now because i my um i haven't got the um Dolgador stuff you had that and i but and my my um what's wrong with me my rohan stuff all came in one of the stronghold boxes so it i don't mm, so i haven't actually before. opened one of the little box one of the standard boxes to know how many sprues you get in there but essentially you've got four frames in this start set um two of one type two of another I, i'd say it's possible that you could just have a box with two frames in that does two ruins um and then maybe that will be around the 30 pound mark but maybe it will be more maybe you'll get the whole you know the equivalent of the whole four sets i don't it's difficult to know so because they're not up on pre-order on their own yet it's hard to sort of give that a guess but even if even if worst case scenario um you got the same as in the box but for 
20, so I make a lot of noise, uh, bang, and turn this big box around. Um, even if you've got the same as um, that you've got in your starter set and four frames of it for, I don't know, £40 or something like that. Um, the book, uh, which is thirty seven fifty, and that, you've already, you know, you've already covered most of the, the cost of the box anyway. Um, and then you've got um, sort of 12 Warriors of Minas Tirith, 12 Rangers, so 24 um, good um, warriors, and then you've got 24 Moran and Orcs as, as well, so 24 on each side, a Mordor troll, and then the new stuff. So you've got a brand new plastic um, foot and mounted Gothmog, and then you've got three um, Heroes of Gondor, so brand new plastic Faramir, Madril, and Damrod, all on foot. So I imagine, what what are those boxes? They're about 20, aren't they? Or are they 25 when you get three? They've gone up nowadays. I think they're about £28 pound 20, now or something. There we go. Cost. So if you've got £28 for the three, maybe, and maybe it's 20 for the Gothmog or 20... Either way, you're you probably talking... A, a mouse. I am quickly on the GW website to look click, at how much click, things click. Uh, we have uh, Mordor or, or Ryan and Orcs, £27.50. £28 for the troll. Yeah. So you know that's what uh, fifty odd. So twenty eight, uh, twenty eight for the. Did you say? Did you say twenty eight fifty for the Moranans? Yeah. Twenty seven fifty. Twenty eight for the troll. So, so fifty. Uh, yeah. Twenty eight. Uh, fifty five fifty. And then Gondor. We'll just do one of those boxes because you get essentially half a box, don't you? I'm guessing they're going to be. Um, They'll same, be the same, I'd imagine. Which uh, which I've forgotten already. Around. Which was what. <laughs> <laughs> 27? Uh, 2750, 2750. I believe, let me quickly have a quick look. See, this is really, really good radio. This is, this is great. Podcast. I, I don't care. Quality. I don't care. 2750 for those. There so. you go. Just for the old um, sculpts, that's 5550. And I know people, I know you can get those a lot cheaper if you go third party, but I'm going to compare them with the full recommended retail price and then, you know, people can work out their own well, deductions it's after that. three quid for the... Um, Moranans, the Warriors, and the Troll. 83. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you've yeah. got. Yeah, so um, then you've got what? 35. What's so 35 what, pound scenery, I'd say? Is it? Let's have a look. So well, let's let's look well, at. Let's you're looking at about 28. Is it 28 quid for the Rohan house? Something like that. Um, but it's bigger than that. Lake Town and Rohan house are both 28. Yeah, and they're two frame. They're two frame bits, aren't they? So I, I reckon yeah. you're right. I reckon. I reckon what we've got in the not box as is two ruins, is it? And they're forty five, and it's not quite Goblin Town either. So I think you're looking at about thirty five quid, maybe thirty two fifty. They'll charge us. Let's call for it thirty two fifty. So for, what, what for two frames or for the lot? For two frames. For two frames. So yeah, I'd say that's fair. Even if they get it out of thirty quid, you know, people can write to me. Plus the book, thirty seven fifty. And that's like 180. Yeah, it, we, we're talking loads. So I reckon there's a couple. And we of haven't them. even got to the new models yet. Which no, I, so happen. I reckon we can safely say it's it's close to 200 pounds worth of Games Workshop recommended retail price. So even oh, if even if you've picked it up for 100 pounds at a, um, a friendly local game store, um, I reckon you'll save your money. Even if you didn't want the, even if you you know don't need the um, all the old sculpts. I reckon it's still yeah, cheaper. I, mean, I think, and that's the key. I think for people that there are a few people that I oh, don't want these old sculpts. Blah blah blah. I think if you want the new sculpts and you want the new rule book and you want the new terrain, I think that picking them up from a from a 
third party is going to work out cheaper than buying it's cheaper to buy the, the set than it is to buy them individually well let's also uh, call it what it is that's the value isn't it convenience cost yeah. yeah if you want something early or you want something in a way that's convenient to you you pay through the nose for it and companies know this i don't see why they should change their behaviors for us no, well, I'm, I'm not. As I said, I'm you not. pay a special price. <laughs> Get on with it. I'm not. I'm not upset about it either way. If people don't like no. it, as well, it doesn't doesn't matter. And the book's out now. It's not like they, that was the last thing they held back with people really wanting the, the people that just want the book because they've got lots of miniatures. Because it's generally people the mo- the people that have kind of moaned a little bit have been people that are long time players, um, which have an obviously have an I- have an ideal of what they want for each starter that would have been the perfect thing and then struggle to move on from that when it's not. Um, you know, we talked about it before. My, I said my ideal starter this time round would have been, um, because of Rings of Power, would have been amazing if there was um, uh, uh, plastic Sauron and that kind of, you know, that that kind of thing would have been fantastic timing, I think. But they may have a plan for that and that might be to try, coincide with season two or something like that i trust them and they, the reason they haven't done it and they've done it for a, they'll have done it for a reason so I suppose so, but that would actually make a really terrible starter set Daron is a terrible starter. the same as um, <laughs> goblin town was a wonderful box set but a terrible starter who wants to start with thorin well company? you might you might not have had sour in that start but you, you know what i mean yeah, you could, yeah, you could have had a some... really good starter you've got some really good heroes you've got some really good models you've got things to fight over mm-hmm. you've got a scenario set Yep. Most of the people who I actually have seen complain are people going, oh, but I've got all these models, or oh, you can buy one. It's not for you. Yeah, exactly. It's not exactly. for you. Exactly. And <laughs> like, and like we've just worked you out, you know, the, the chances right. are if you want just the new stuff, you could probably buy this and still work out cheaper than buying the new stuff on its own. But, yeah, but I'm glad the rule book months, is now on pre-order, isn't it? Is it pre- yeah, pre-order now so that you it must be out just before Christmas? Mm. Um, so delivered in time for Easter, um, based the way the Royal Mail's going at the moment. Um, but um, yeah, I I think it's a I think it's a really good set. You, um, we, I just know much point in us banging on about it a little bit anymore because I think if you you know about this set, if you're watching this, watching this, I've been doing too many videos. I'm like, I hope not if, you, if you're, uh, <laughs> I'm watching you, Dan. Um, you, you know about that's, this that's set. Your lookout, mate. <laughs> <laughs> My blinds are down. Um, you'll know about this set if you if you're listening to this. Um, if you haven't, you, you want to have a little go and watch my video. Um, go and watch any of the other hundred million videos that are out on YouTube for it as well. Lots of different people with different opinions. Go and watch a few um, and make your own mind up whether it whether it's for you or not. I think the rule having the, for me having the rule book with all the FAQs. Um, in there is brilliant and I think I said it in the last show as well I'm glad they didn't just bring out a new edition for the sake of bringing out a new edition because this is widely regarded as the best edition and we all love it so don't don't try and fix something that isn't broke and that for me that was the the main thing and the thing I was worried about most when I heard they were doing a new edition what's in the start set is, is irrelevant really because you can pick up all those components separately well you will be able to I'm sure and come January or in between Christmas and New Year I'm pretty sure pre-orders will go up for the remaining parts be the terrain and the um the heroes I I'll be surprised if they didn't and then we really will know how you know, how much of a bargain this star is Exactly, and better hope they don't have to put it up in the meantime. <laughs> I'm really going to annoy people. 
yes, yes, it will. Yes, it will. Uh, but yeah, but that was a really, really messy chat about that. But I think doing an audio um, review of a, of, of a box set um, when the rules are essentially the same. If, think if there was a new edition of the rules, we'd have had to have done a, a kind of a longer chat about it. Um, but there's nothing really to talk about other than the contents of the box, which is probably best done in a, in a, in a video format rather than an audio. Well... I'd imagine we're we're coming so much on the tail end of this now, due to when we're recording that we're almost onto the, the next edition, let alone this one. So, yeah, I think people have heard most of the arguments. It's more a case of what do we think, and personally, I think it's brilliant. So, yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan. Um, um, and it's um, yeah, haven't done anything with it. There's, there's a surprise, but um, yeah, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I've got it and. Uh, Look forward well, to I, working I on it at some point. No, we don't need it, do you? You've got enough. This this no, is the whole no, point, isn't it? I'm guessing you'll be picking up the new rule book. Yeah, I'll grab the new rule book because what I'll do is um, I, I, the plan with it. I, I, I'm going to waffle slightly on this one, but when um, I got a, the limited edition copy of Breaking Bad, it came with uh, literally deliberately came with a copy of the first season to give away to someone. Uh huh. It came in it. Which I thought was really cool. Um, the idea is obviously you get what you love and you have the opportunity to share it with someone else. So what I'm going to do is print off all the FAQs, slap them into my copy of the rulebook I've got now, yeah, and um, then give it away oh, to brilliant. someone who's brilliant. looking to get into the hobby. I'll just literally give the rulebook away, and I think that's I've seen a lot of people have said they're going to do this. So I'm not claiming this idea is mine in any way, shape, or form. Lots of people have said they're going to do it, which is I think a really nice altruistic thing to do helps grow our community, you know, be the change you want to see in the community and, you know, do something nice. If, yeah. you know, if this yeah, box is not for you, if you've already got a rule book, give the rule book you've got away. If you've already bought the box set, what are you complaining about? Yeah, absolutely. You know, build your hobby. Let's hope they keep, I haven't so checked, but let's hope they keep those FAQs up for all, a good while. You know, like, I can't see them changing it for a while because, I mean, no. I mean, they kept the the, the original Heresy, um, Age of Darkness, like, book one stuff still up. Yeah, and it doesn't. We it doesn't, last doesn't cost a lot to host a, a, a PDF of I don't know 20, oh, no. 20, 30 pages. So, but let's hope they do because that will be that, that's an easy way of not getting uh, people blasting you on online and Facebook groups, isn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine if they took it down? They should do it just for a laugh, just for a day, because people will go absolutely mental. Oh yeah, but encourages <laughs> those bad behaviours because as soon as they squawk and they put it back on, they're going to say, "Oh, us being a bunch of asses made them put it back on." Yeah, true. So let's, is, let's, let's, let's not uh, poke that bear with that particular stick. <laughs> this is very true. Right then. So let's, yeah, let's stop talking about, <laughs> about that set. Um, so over to you, Dan. Well, well, to be fair, I've not actually done a huge amount of work as being mad. Um, what I have done has been with a view to Throne, which I think will be better covered during that section. What I will say, though, and it is slightly it's, it's Throne adjacent, is I did see Michael Haskell um at throne he attended and those of you may remember from the dim and distant future or past rather dim and distant past uh i raffled my um galadrim army for calm this was last year mm-hmm. he was the winner of that particular raffle and when i was at uh i believe doubles he picked up orofin and rumil uh which i said i'd paint for him to match what i'd already painted previously um I didn't manage to get it to him for the Battlestream uh, Middle-Earth meetup. It's like one or the other. Basically, I, I got the models from it one, and I forgot them for the other because I painted them in time for it, but I forgot them, left them on my desk. Did get to him, to him at Throne. And this is a shout-out to Michael because then he came back to me or probably week, 10 days afterwards and said he's donated £100 
to calm. Which is uh, awesome. Because I've done that, which is wonderful. So more power to you, Michael. You're a lovely bloke, real gem of the community. Always lovely to see you at events. And that's a really, really generous, very kind thing to do. And um, I will be doing something in 2023. I haven't quite decided what it's going to be for Calm. I don't know if it'll be raffling off an entire army again. I am quite feeling sort of um, uh, sort of little displays or vignettes or little um, dioramas. So I might do something for that. Or maybe raffle off a commission. I haven't decided, but there'll be something next year again to go to Calm because uh, it's a cause I believe in. Uh, it's a really important one, especially in the times we're living in. So mm. once again, thank you, yeah. Michael. And uh, yeah, look at, watch this space. There will be some more stuff to do because I think it's a really valid cause. Yeah, well, that was just so. Just yeah, I remember mean, when you you messaged me, and I was like, "Wow, that's 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 really generous as well." It's, um, yeah, so, um, I haven't said no anything surprised. about it at this point. It was a couple of weeks ago, um, but I wanted the first time it really was mentioned to be on here, and I'll give it a couple of days, and I'll pop a post onto the um, the Facebook group, etc. That he just done that like following publication of this cast. Yes, but yes. you know, really well done, Michael. Thank you very much again, as always. Um, you are a gem and a gent. I raised my glass to you. He says on the radio, raising his wine glass. Um, I've got a cup of tea. But, good lad. <laughs> I had a tea earlier. Uh, but, to, yeah, to be honest, everything else really has been throne-related. Mm, you um, were a busy boy, weren't you, up leading the up The usual... To... Oh, God, we'll, we'll come to that. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Work, work has been pretty pretty rough. Um, it's left me quite tired after a busy time of year. Um, my roles uh, changed quite a lot. I'm on the up, which is obviously a wonderful thing, but that does involve some change and some putting a lot of effort in to make sure you're up to snuff. So, yes. yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of where I am, and I'll cover my throne preparation during the throne bit. How about awesome. you, Stu? Um, similar, really. I'm not sure I'm on the up, but um, we're. <laughs> I've been very, um, very busy with work-wise. Um, trying to, as always at this time of year, trying to get as much done so that I'm not working all through the Christmas period, which never seems to go quite to plan. There's always things that go wrong, like um, children being off ill. Um, I think we all caught COVID in, in October, almost one after the other, which kind of wiped out school, kids at school for about eight or nine days, which is why no one was very ill at all, but it was just, you know, we couldn't do, couldn't do stuff. So I worked out some, wiped out some work days. Um, and then, um, you know, of course we had, we had a, we actually had a snow day here on Monday. It doesn't happen very often in the UK. My, uh, I can see that my boy's school from my front porch. Um, and, uh, it was closed because, uh, the teachers couldn't get in. And to be fair, it was, um, it's pretty cold here. It gets, it's getting minus six here tonight, Dan. For the UK, that's, in the south, <laughs> that's, that's pretty rough. Pretty, that's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. So it snowed a lot on Sunday and Monday, and we had a lovely day in the snow playing with the boys on um, on on Saturday. Really, really nice. But it's just not gone anywhere on the main roads and things. It's fine where they've gritted it, but around here, the roads are just kind of like polished glass at the moment. So it's quite fun getting your car out of there, our little sort of housing development. Um, but yeah, it's a bit chilly. But um, yeah, other than that. I'm just busy, busy with work. I went up to this is completely only on Middle Earth related, but uh, Warlord Games um, kindly invited me up to HQ because I've done quite a few videos on my my channel for for some of their products this last year. Um, some of these little Napoleonic troops and things that I've occasionally mentioned. Um, so they they the blast from the past GW day so the the owner John Stallard and um, the guy that runs it with him Paul Sawyer who people may remember from from White Dwarf invited me up 
I um, had a cup of tea and a bit of a tour around the studio and the, the um, factory and um, and a sit-down chat with them, which was really, really nice. Um, so that was really cool. Um, but again, it's not really um, anything worthy of a, a detailed chat on a Middle-earth podcast. Um, so I think Middle Earth. It's still pretty rude. It's still really, it cool. really cool. It was very cool, um, especially meeting some people that um, I went from back for the days where I used to really enjoy and read White Dwarf and things. So um, yeah, it's quite. It was cool. Really, really nice. Um, it was very nice I of them to invite me. Important. We do recognise that the amount of hard work and hard effort you've put in. I mean, anyone, <laughs> I'd imagine there's a, a fair crossover of people who listen to this who follow Miniature Realms. Because of you and and subsequently maybe, maybe. I've seen what it's just it's you've, just a hobby though, Dan. It's not I wouldn't call it a hard work and effort that way. It's just it's okay. me producing videos for fun. To be honest with you, I appreciate you saying it, but yeah, it just. Uh, but it was nice for them to in, invite me up there and you know sent me away with a free game and things like that, which was cool as well. So yeah, so um, that was good. So it's a nice thing that's happened. It was war gaming related, but just not really not really Middle Earth related. Um, and then the only thing I've done even slightly Middle Earth related was um, take some pictures of some of my 10 millimeter Battle, <laughs> Battle of Five Armies models next to the old Minas Tirith um, walls and gate which um, for 28 mil, which um, Games Workshop made back in the day to work out how well that scaled against 10 millimeter miniatures. And the answer is it does scale really well, actually, probably a lot better than it does for 28 millimeter miniatures because it's a bit small for that, really. Um, so I'm just, being, you know, I think I mentioned quite a few shows ago, didn't I, about doing a big, a big game. The idea was Helm's Deep and we were going to evolve our Helm's Deep idea and turn it into a big 10 millimeter Helm's Deep game with lots of spin-off games um, using the um, using the scenarios um, for for, for middle-earth strategy battle games. So we've got two scales of game going on, basically two game systems. And I was just pondering when I couldn't do any hobby a few weeks ago, I was pondering about how I was going to make that happen because I want a really nice Helm's Deep model. Um, and there are a couple of 3D printed files going around, but um, the guy who's um, who's sort of done a very good job, but naturally he doesn't want to take any money for files because that would get him into trouble legally. So he's basically asking people to print sections of it for him, and then he lets them have the files for it, but I don't have a filament printer. And even then, even if I did, and I was reducing it to, to 10 mil, I'm not sure me printing a whole Helm's Deep is, is, is possible. Um, so I was just pondering whether I should do, you know, a pivot slightly on the plan for now and, and, and aim to do a gaming day where it's Pelennor instead and use the uh, the the walls I have as the walls of Minas Tirith and then have a big mass game of Pelennor and then all the breakout scenarios for, 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 for MESGB, um, but for different era different period so that was that's all i've done really is ponder on whether that would be an easier thing to do so pelinor and siege minister rather than helm's deep so that's my middle earth hobby but it's been that busy <laughs> it's just been just been crazy really i've painted barely barely anything i think you can see exactly what i've painted in the last two months and both by looking at my last five videos on miniature realms because all i've painted is what's in those videos that's it nothing else so it's not like uh, it's, it's something like one stand of, of of british world war ii troops and like eight little tiny um american civil war dudes in a tank and one a couple of 
Napoleonic figures. That's it, really. So I'm um, not complaining. Life is what it is. But yeah, that's that. That's been it. And I've got a big list of videos I want to do. But um, by the time I get around to them, people might not be interested anymore. Um, which includes the paint tutorial for Gothmog and all all, all things like that. But um, yeah, the people who are not doing too many different game systems have probably all got those videos out there. Um, anyway, let's let's take a break and come back and we're going to talk about the sort of the final few episodes and our final thoughts on season one of the rings of power so let's take a quick break the hour grows late and bland of gray plastic comes seeking my counsel you are sure of this bland elf yes the event is fully painted it was in the event pack under my nose the whole time yet you did not have the wit to see it your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, Blandalf. The commission painter. We must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours. Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint. And here we are back for the Council of Elrond. So we're going to kind of return to our chat about the Rings of Power. Um, I think, and it's been a while since we had our first discussion. In fact, we've just been discussing what we discussed last time. Um, and what we're not going to do this time is is, is sort of give a, a blow-by-blow account of the, the second half of the season. We didn't really do that for the first half. We just want to discuss whether the, the kind of the whole first season continued the way we thought it went, we thought it was going to go, or any of our concerns um, or the things we really liked, do they continue? Are we still excited? Are we disappointed? Just overall thoughts on it, really. Um, so it won't necessarily be a really, really long, in-depth review. It's more the kind of continued thoughts on it, ready to... Uh, so we can move on, really, and wait wait for season two, which is going to be a long time. Um, so uh, do you have any kind of overriding thoughts, Dan, over the, like, the sort of second half of, of the season as compared to the first? Well, I still enjoyed it. still really enjoyed it. It's still maintained. Um, and I'm risking giving the trolls something to go with here. It's maintained the quality. <laughs> I, I thought the quality was really good for the first half. Um, it developed some of the other characters uh, really well from um, what we'd first seen. I believe the way they worked on the Queen in particular uh, of Numenor, um, she was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some pacing issues at some points, particularly when the Numenorians decided to leave and uh, journeys to the Southlands. It was a little bit, uh, I won't say plot armor, but um, you know, plot transport. Yep. A little bit um, was what, what does it call it within games? It's uh, quick, quick travel or fast travel, or whatever they call it. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. They they did take some liberties, of course, with with what is the established canon, mm-hmm. but I'm fine with that. Yeah. If if you choose to take it on its own merits, it's fine. I I enjoyed it. Um, Adar was phenomenal the entire way through. I am actually quite gutted um, that the actor is not reprising the role for season two. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? I wonder why that is. He said that, uh, if I remember rightly from the um, his statement on it, is he, he basically likes to explore new characters and stuff, and I think it's basically he felt he did all he could with 
with Adar as it was. Yeah, that sounds Which is like legitimate, a, I suppose. Well, it it sounds like a polite way of saying it was all right, but I want to do something else. So that could mean anything. It could be the truth. It could just mean, yeah, it's not really what I wanted. It's not the kind of gig I want um, and move on, which is fair enough. It's a respectful way of doing it. Um, but it, yeah, it's a little bit of a shame because I thought it was brilliant as well. But we'll see. We'll see what the other one's like. Luckily, it's a kind of facially they look quite similar, don't they? Sorry, I've got his name in front of me. It's replacement. Yeah, I don't know. I there's don't only know. the one one um, picture isn't there, but facially it looks similar. Once you've added the makeup and the wig and stuff like that, I think it's that side's going to be believable, but it's, yeah, it's going to be difficult for him to, to follow, but I'm sure they will. I suppose it also depends whether they, um, how far along they go with, in terms of um, you know, your timeline progression. Mm-hmm. There may be an element of it actually works, so fine. Um, it's hard to say, really, isn't it? But, uh, I mean, Morphid Clark, once again, she just... That series is, is her series. I mean, I, I know that technically that the large part of the plot is around her, her story of sort of, you know, heartbreak and vengeance and all that kind of stuff and the transition into the Galadriel we know of yeah. Lord of the Rings, etc. But she does make that her own thing, despite the fact there's an incredibly strong supporting cast. She's still the focus and I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I said that last time is that I felt that she was probably a, made the linchpin with it, um, which is difficult for the people yeah. that don't like her, I suppose, but I do. Um, I think she was very believable as a, a young Galadriel. Um, I watched some of the kind of making of things. They've got a few. They're quite short. They're not like the the extras that you see on the, the DVDs, but there are some interviews with them, and she did sort of talk about how her the journey of the character changes and the way you describe there, Dan really is, is that, that, you know, it's kind of anger and frustration at, at first, at first. And she starts to kind of become a little bit more, um, reflective by the end and a little bit more sort of understanding about what's going on. But, um, and we'll obviously we'll see that journey continue. I imagine, um, it'd be madness if they didn't. Yeah. And again, obviously Durin, I can't remember who plays Durin. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, it does appear that he is uh, the juror we expect him to be, which I believe was uh, the fourth. Um, so, because it was hard to tell whether who was who in terms of his dad and and him, whether he'd have the ring or or what. Yes, and um, it appears that he is during the fourth, which means that he would be the juror that does wake the Balrog, which, as it turns out, appears to be the case as well. Yes, um, from the show, so. Yeah, they didn't obviously they've not quite followed the um the convention of the namings of of the dwarves as Durin. Uh, they they've followed a more kind of traditional family lineage. Um but um yeah, I I really liked his performances and uh, I'm interested to see how that continues as well. As I, I don't think my opinion has, has has changed much on on any of the characters from from the last time we had this conversation. I thought I think they're all still pretty good, and I've, I'm really happy to see the way they developed and they got better as they went along. The the only one, as I said, I didn't didn't wasn't a hundred percent sold on was was Celebrimbor, but it's not awful either. I don't hate it. Um, it just stands out because it's the the only one I felt could have been slightly different and i've said before um i felt he was just played a very like he played a, a an english gent rather than a um an elf um but those things may mean not to a million miles apart depending on your interpretation of elves anyway but um um not uh, talkings <laughs> ex- exactly exactly so and that may well be it, it's my own um prejudice on it rather than any 
bad performance, so to speak. Um, I just he, he didn't sort of feel kind of straight backed and ethereal at all. He, he just felt sort of polite, so to speak. Um, he is half elven, though, so maybe he yeah. develops that ethereal otherness and what could be construed as arrogance later. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I still really like um, Benjamin Walker's Gil Gallad. Um, yeah, and he I quite I've only seen him I've seen him on interviews, but I can't help but like him as well. He seems quite an interesting um, actor. Um, so I agree. Um, I'd like to see some more. Oh, well, we will see some more of him. So um, yeah, it should be all the way through it. To be honest with you, um, so yeah, I, I've got I've got high hopes. Um, I really enjoyed the last three episodes. I felt that the pacing was better um, and they definitely built to a kind of good crescendo. The visuals were stunning. The kind of the ash sort of wastes afterwards, the, when everything looked like snow. Um, and even right after the fire, just that sort of glowing red, it was really in- incredible and a really nice way of showing how... Uh, at Mordor may have may have been created, and how the blocking out the sun made was made an environment that could be home for um, Adar's army and, and orcs and things. It's just I, I, I liked it all. Um, so that side of things is 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 good. There are some, you know, as as we mentioned before, I think there's still some issues. The flow wasn't quite there at times, um, and I don't know whether that's just the nature of the way that it's filmed. Um, we got multiple directors um, with slightly different styles and things. Um, and um, the actors were brilliant. So maybe it was just the, 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 the script at times as well. So I think the overall story, if you look at it as a story art, Dan, I think about this, well, I'll ask you this question. If you look at it as a trailer and you look at the clips of each episode and you say, this is the linear arc this story is going to take and you look at the visuals, I think it's amazing. Um, but when I look at it, oh, yeah. but when I kind of watch it all, and I think I just think it's good, and I think the good side for me is there are just problems occasionally with maybe the dialogue being a little bit basic or, or, or lazy at times, but then really being really good the next and the pacing being slightly off. And for me, that might come down to the script or maybe the editing. I don't know. But what about? I don't know. Do you have you do you feel the same or the? Yeah, I mean, there are imperfections in it. It is, it is definitely imperfect. Um, I think some of the writing's a little bit creaky in the dialogue in particular. It's, I think, unfortunately, it was running at the same time as House of the Dragon, which is very well done. Mm. Um, it's not enough to make me think anything more than it's, it's brilliant because the way it looks and the way it has the feeling of Tolkien's Middle Earth yeah. it doesn't feel like Jackson's, but it feels like Tolkien's, yeah. which is fine by me. Um, None of the little discrepancies and, yeah, the dialogue issues um, particularly took me away from what it was uh, or made me think anything other than it was a spectacle. But um, I'll be interested to see with season two. Mm. Hopefully they're going to put enough polish on it that you can forgive the clunkiness in season one. And actually, if you look back at the first season of Game of Thrones, there are a couple of little niggly bits in there as well. Admittedly, predominantly due to the child actors who, you know, the child actors, let's let's face it. Yeah. But... um, you know, I think it's too early to to, to say whether as, as as an overall finished piece, it's um, you know, flawed. Mm-hmm. I'd say that season one has a few flaws, but yeah, is I mean, look at season one of Blackadder, bloody <laughs> awful. It's very different though, wasn't it? It's completely different yeah. style. Where but what I mean is like Blackadder, they, they, Blackadder they was the fool rather than what they did, mm. yeah. and the season two is just night and day. Yeah, 
Well, it, I think well for different reasons probably, but I think the, yeah. the switch of character change to take the the lead character, the Black Hat. This is a really random thing for people who don't know what Black Hat is. There will be people out there, but um, if for me it was was creating Black Hatter as the smart one, as the as the the sarcastic, um, witty lead was the the key change there rather than him being the kind of the the the, the dumb buffoon and, and switching that around made the difference and that that clearly works in the remaining series, seasons anyway we we are reviewing blackadder which is one of my favorite things ever but we're reviewing blackadder in the middle of a yeah, review about agreed. So, um what's the blackadder episode <laughs> yeah, i haven't watched them for ages that makes me want to go and watch them um i wonder i'm almost quite hopeful they will have taken on board a lot of they will you know the writers and the the organizers the producers will be looking at the reviews and things um and they know they're not bad reviews um and they know that they've got the visuals right so that's not going to change um and they'll know that the overall story arc is interesting people enough um it's not like it's a bad story that when you actually break down the criticisms it will be a few people complaining about the uh the dialogue and and the pacing well, I think they're really fixable, aren't they? Um, so there's nothing to say that, uh, that that season two and beyond couldn't be even better. Um, and, um, and and people will forget those things very soon because there's so much of it that's so very good. And having thought about it in the last couple of weeks, because it's been a while since I watched that last one now, um, having thought about it, knowing we're going to have this chat, I'm actually really excited now for season season two and i don't know how i felt at the end after i watched episode eight i thought it was good um but i, I was definitely a little bit it's a different feeling to to watching one of the the, the um fellowship films it's 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 not like watching one of the jackson films. i think every other jackson film any of the jackson films i watched i was excited for the next one knowing it's going to come the next following year and i didn't feel mm. that i felt okay i'm looking forward to it but i wasn't excited but having watched um recently the making of on on little short videos that are on on prime and um, funny enough i watched the comic con trailer for the whole thing i hadn't seen it. it's a different trailer i've not seen it before and i watched that and i thought that that was a very good trailer very well done and very well paced funny enough and it just reminded me of all the good bits it's a very good trailer for that and that just made me think, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to it now. And it's a sh- I'm really disappointed <laughs> that it's not going to be next year, that waiting um, two years for it's going to going to feel like a long wait. So, um, um, but we, we just guess, guess we will have to, um, I think. Oh, one other yeah, point. It's... Sorry, carry on. No, it, 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 do you know what? It's, um, I, I was so hyped for this. So, so, so I was like, this is going to be the TV series I'm going to be most excited about, definitely in terms of, you know, and then uh, it recently got announced that possibly might be doing a Dread 2. Uh, yes, I saw so that. So excited. Yeah. <laughs> Way more excited. Just like, I don't care what else comes out. They can never make anything else again. <laughs> Just please, please, please make Dread 2. <laughs> well, they've, 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 that's nearly happened and not happened quite a few times, hasn't it? So they, uh, they, they, they started development on it, then it stopped and then they were, 
toying with the idea of a series, which I'm surprised no one's picked it up as a yeah, series. I think it would, it would have been... Yeah, he was originally supposed to be on board with that, Carl Urban. I'd almost yeah. prefer that, if I'm honest with you, I think. Um, but um, Or both. Can we have both, please? But anyway, we're, no, we're talking about another franchise in the middle of this yeah, review. Yeah, why not? Um, but I would, nerds. Both, I would everything. absolutely <laughs> love that. And uh, uh, if, if that happened, I would, there's no way I wouldn't be able to buy um, the, the Judge Dredd game that Warlord Games do. Um, so I've been avoiding that for years. Um, so I've been, been. I keep getting tempted. I will do it at some point. It's time. purely bandwidth at the moment. I haven't got time to do the things I have got. But um, if any any space opens up, I may well grab that at some point because it's quite cheap as well. Anyway, um, we're reviewing a game as well now in the middle of uh, of a review about this. Um, one final point on that actually, when we're talking about the excitement, I think I remember in the last time we talked about the last review, I said that. Uh, I was really enjoying it, but um, it, I didn't get any more excited or see it sort of much more than getting excited about the next Witcher series. And that wasn't a knock on the Witcher. It was more about how I felt about this. The, the While I was really enjoying it, it still felt like TV rather than, you know, that kind of big blockbustery thing. That's changed for me, I suppose, now, in, in retrospect, now that that is ended and, and, and I've thought about what happened and the character development. It is a lot better, Um I like The Witcher, it's good fun, but you know what? I'm not too excited about the character development. I'm not super excited about what happens in the next season. I like it because it's really easy watching, Um, whereas this Mm. isn't hard to watch, but there's definitely more to it and there's more depth to it and it does feel like the history that that, that we want for Middle-earth. So I am a lot more excited about seeing where this goes than I am with the new Witcher series when it comes out, which I'll be looking forward to as well. Um, uh, But... Just, I, 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 it didn't feel like there was so much of a gap um, between the two kind of things last time. I was excited for both, whereas, yeah, definitely. Um, just wish it was next September, not you know two years September, because it's gonna, it's gonna. I hope they don't lose um, any momentum they do have from it. I'm sure they'll find a way to to market it well, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully they don't. Um, maybe some uh, well timed. Um, Re, almost re-releases of it on Prime, maybe with some extras. Do you think they could do that? Maybe do like a, a director's cut editions or something like that. It's never been done before with That'd a be with cool. a se- with a series, has it? Can you imagine doing like extended episodes, a, a bit of theatrical cut, yeah. and just edit it all into one big episode, like seven hours long. Like screw you, Jackson. What are we can do? Yeah, <laughs> I, I imagine it will come out as a DVD thing we were talking about this a little bit earlier as much as mm. amazon don't need that um they've clearly filmed and av- they've clearly interviewed the actors a lot in order to do the mini makings of they've done but the makings of are only kind of about five minutes for each episode so there's not a lot there but they must have have a lot more footage for that so i wonder in order to keep the excitement going whereas when they've hit one year can you imagine bringing out each of the episodes again but with a you know maybe an extra ten minutes on, so a little bit they cut his like director's cut episodes. If they have you know Amazon, if you've not thought of this and and you want to make some money out of it, yeah, please send me my cut. But director's cut episodes, which I don't think's ever been done for a TV series before, and then at Christmas time you bring it all out on uh, a big DVD box set anyway with um, the the original cuts, the director's cuts, and um, all behind the scenes kind of making of interviews and stuff like that and development art videos and all that kind of copy what the what new line did with the with the, with the jackson films i'd buy it um and it'd be a really good way to kind of get people excited again for the same thing knowing they've still got another whole year to wait again for before the the season two starts but be cool 
So there must be some there must be some things that they didn't make the uh, didn't make the cut that would be fun to put back in. I, I'm really excited to see what they do with it. I mean, there's, there's bound to be more stuff with it. They've, they've paid so much money for it and paid so much to do it. And like you say, they're not going to want to lose that kind of momentum. So surely they're going to, you know, trying to keep people on the hook for. They've got to dribble us out stuff to try and keep that hype they've generated alive. Uh-huh. So, you know, hopefully we're going to get something out of it. Yeah, well, they've, they've even recently they've announced new actors, haven't they? Clearly, they they're in the middle of casting and announcing people yes. for the stuff they're filming now. Um, so that's good; it keeps people engaged. But it's just, yeah, that's that's all well and good. But that's we had that first time around, and I hope they they get keep people excited for um, you know for the it's it's going to be the best part of what twenty well maybe nineteen months now till we we see the next one. It's been it's going to be a while, isn't it? So. But we will see. We will see. Absolutely. Right then. Well, let's take another break and we'll come back and we can hear all about your fun and frolics at the Throne of Skulls. Uh, Welcome to... Council of Elrond Part 2, um, and this time it's all about the Throne of Skulls, which I didn't attend to because uh, I didn't have a ticket. Less said about that, the better. Um, so over to Dan, you can tell us all about your, your wonderful experience at the Throne of Skulls. Well, no pressure or anything, right? <laughs> uh, so um, obviously most of you should be aware what Throne of Skulls is, but for those who are not, it is an event held at Warhammer World. It's run by the Warhammer World Events team. Um, quick shout out before I go any further. My mate uh, Jay, Jamie Harcourt Billingham, um, recently joined the events team in the last couple of months. Um, some of the Heresy crew may know him, obviously, from Herald to Heresy. Um, but he joined their events team and he was actually there and present at the weekend. He's doing an amazing job. Really, really lovely guy. So if you are at a Warhammer World event, you see a, a big ginger bear, a big ginger beard. He is my mate Jay and he's lovely. So be sure to say hello. Anyway, it's uh, usually run in December, usually the first week of uh, first weekend of December, and uh, it's more of a rounded uh, scoring system than your traditional GTs and stuff. So there are generalship points or you know points for winning, but there, I believe, with almost equal weighting, is um, points for best army, which are voted for as individuals. You get a scorecard where you vote for two people who have got the best armies of the five you play over the weekend. And the same for sportsmanship, you vote for two people. So you gain points accordingly. Um, they do, on the Saturday lunchtime, they do Legends painting. Uh, so there's three categories, Hero of Legend, Warband of Legend, and Icon of Legend, which is monsters and war machines and things like that, uh, which you put your models in uh, the cabinet, and then the peer voting decides who wins out of each of those categories, which are announced on Sunday. You do five games. Um, against varying opponents. I don't believe it's a Swiss system. I think it's just random draw. At least that appears to be the way. Uh, I spent most of my weekend on the uh, bottom tables, you know, spoilers. So I I don't know whether that's because I suck or because that's just where Jay wanted me to sit. Um, And then uh, on the Sunday, uh, best armies are are judged. The army nominations are done by the events team. So you get a nod on the Sunday morning and then your peers... Uh, plus uh, a judge's choice uh, voted for. Um, uh, And it's all uh, announced at the end of the weekend. So there's first, second and third, which is a combination of the different points. 
as well as the um, Best Army nominations will get a certificate and then uh, the Legends get handed out and then the Best Army prizes get handed out. There's also sportsmanship and a wooden spoon. So that's a general sort of quick fly-through of what Throne of Skulls is as an event. If it sounds like something you fancy, I cannot recommend it enough. It's absolutely awesome. You've been as well, haven't you, Stu? I have, yes, in 2019. Um, and yeah, it still remains my favourite event. I think I love, I love the format and the atmosphere was, was, was amazing. Yes, um, I obviously um, you tried to get tickets for this one, didn't you? And then um, I think both of us missed out last year for not thrown yeah i didn't i didn't try to buy them for for last year um uh, it was uh i i know it was yeah i knew it was a kind of a, a, a not a full throw um so i wanted to to wait for the the big event as much as i'm sure it was a great event i wanted it to be thrown of skulls because i really and really enjoyed it so and as it was busy, i could have could have gone but as i was busy last year with family things anyway i just thought you know i'm not i'm not so worried and um uh, let's let people that are really kind of engaged to go to whatever that event was last year um this time around i won't lie i really want to go um but yeah it's it's one of those that sells out really quickly it's like getting a like getting glastonbury ticket sort of thing um and um they were gone by the time i uh time i tried so it is what it is though bit of a gutter really but um yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gutted when you said you couldn't get one, but the, you weren't alone in that. There were a number of oh yes, what I suppose a lot of people would consider the faces of the community who were unsuccessful, which is obviously a really shame. I mean, obviously, a terrible shame. But on the other hand, it was good to see a lot of new faces. So I met a lot of new people. Um, I'm not going to necessarily be as trite as to say made some new friends. They might hate me after playing me, but um, <laughs> it was nice to meet new people, put some sort of faces to names that you only really see as a little profile picture on Facebook. Um, had five really, really great games, including one against, you know, um, someone I already know, which we'll, we'll come to, which was which was nice anyway, because it's, again, someone I don't see very regularly, but it was good to get a game in. And, uh, yeah, so definitely something I'd recommend people go to, but obviously after I've bought my ticket, so then you can have one. <laughs> you should tell, tell everyone it's awful, so no one wants to go next year. I think that's that's a good plan. Uh, no, it'll just be me and Damien sat in a gaming hall, and I'm not sure I can listen to him do that voice all weekend, <laughs> um, which we will come to. Um, the greatest, and in some ways, the most terrifying uh, fancy dress I have ever seen. <laughs> Damien yeah, does um, Mighty Boosh version two, isn't it? It was Mighty Boosh from Wish mixed with Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. It was terrifying in the extreme. <laughs> But good fun, but really good fun. So uh, some of you may have picked up from the various socials, etc. I've tried not to do too much on it um, because I figured we'd catch up on this and then I can put some pictures out and stuff later. Uh, I decided to run the White Council. Um, not vanquishers, I will hasten to add. I decided that life was not hard enough and I would take them without the really good rules. And I also wanted to do Galadriel, uh, not Galadriel, Glorfindel, which Stu very, very graciously and kindly uh, sent me. Uh, so I've got Glorfindel on foot painted. Uh, so what I actually ran was um, the, the usual, what you consider the Vanquishers, which is uh, Galadriel, um, Lady of Light, uh, Saruman the White, Radagast the Brown, um, no Slay. Uh, he just had his staff and Sebastian. Um, uh, Gandalf the Grey, uh, Glorfindel, um, Thrain the Broken, and Elrond. I just gave Elrond the armour, so there were no horses anywhere. Uh, Glorfindel and Elrond just got their armour. 
Um, sorry, I didn't really do myself any favours. That was 975 points out of a possible 1,000. Mm-hmm. Don't believe I caught that up earlier. It's 1,000 points for throwing skulls. So it's big boy games. Or big people, big hobbyist games, if we're going to be fair. Um, so that was the army I decided to take. And in my infinite wisdom, I thought, oh, Matt from Generation Shift makes those really awesome bases. Wouldn't it be great if the display board matched those perfectly? <laughs> Famous last words. Like a moron, I decided the really, really good thing to do would be to do the entire floor to match those. Yes. Now, to caveat, um, Matt is, as we've previously spoken about, one of the nicest people in the hobby and someone I get on really well with, and I'm very fortunate in that. Um, and I was talking to him and... All the bases that he makes, he does. He's created some tile blanks, so they're the basic general pattern that he uses for uh, the right size for his bases. And he agreed to send me a couple. Of, I think they're six-inch square resin, basically really thin resin tiles right, with the, yeah. the brick pattern on. So I actually cut those up and used those to fit. Um, I had some really, really interesting and terrifying times with a hole saw. <laughs> trying to cut through because I countersunk all my miniatures into the base. And then I painstakingly recreated the entire like uh, iron banding uh, with plastic card and green stuff, including over 100 green stuff rivets, a good chunk of which I then covered over with sand later. I made myself cry. Oh, wow. Um, there was chain on there. I used jeweler's chain. So I used a bit of mitre bond to put it down and then really thin super glue over the top. I just dripped it on and used the surface tension and sprayed it so it held the chain down and yeah. maintained its position um sculpted vines on it um uh, to be honest um i using some really really handy um uh advice that uh damien put in i think it was one of his vlogs where which he did for the dory's uh, um battle company thing yeah. where he constructed the dog door ruins and he was saying do it with super glue i cannot thank that man enough for that because <laughs> the amount of times i had to pull it back apart again to build it the way I did, because I, I mucked around with it a lot. I, I played around with a, a lot of the kit and changed stuff up and cut stuff down, cut tabs off, reconstructed. I made an entire floating floor out of um, foam board with the tile over the top so I could countersink Dane onto the second level. Not Dane, Thrain. Apologies. Yeah. Um, so being able to muck around with that really helped. So you used Superglue to assemble the entire... This, there was one and a half... Dolgodur ruins in there. Um, obviously, I made the entire thing circular, as we'd previously spoken about doing for when we originally spoke about it. You and I were looking at throne armies. What was it for? Uh, 2019, I think it was. Or 2020, and then. It'd be, it'd be 2020 that, before um, the world um, went, went bad. Yeah. Um, so I used a round. I did actually use a tray for that to build the round thing out of. And yeah, it was problematic. I made a rod for my own back on it, but. I did persevere with it and got it done. Um, in hindsight, starting at two weeks to the day before the actual <laughs> event was unwise, especially the second Saturday in my week off. I could have started a week earlier and made my life a lot easier with that week off, which I did virtually nothing on. But that's burnout for you kids. Take some time <laughs> off before you really need it. And that would be the way I put that one. Um so I did make myself pretty miserable. Um, it took me a week or so to build it and get it ready for paint. And then I painted it over the course of about five nights 
including a marathon sort of 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. session just painting the metal banding. I never want to paint that again. <laughs> I, rem- was- I remember the night before you did that, Dan was very, you know, he was sending me pictures of this and uh, I remember the night before you did that and it was looking really good and you said, oh, I've got to do the metal banding. I was like, it might not take that long. And that's the first time you told me how long <laughs> it's taking you. Yeah, but ouch. Ouch. Yeah, it, it took me basically um, eight hours to paint the metal on it, <laughs> uh, which was actually not too complicated. I didn't really do much highlighting on it either, which would have made it infinitely worse. Yeah. And then subsequently in um, in the Battle Streams chat, um, Scott Newman was flashing around this new Rust uh, medium you now use. I could have strangled him because <laughs> that would have made life because I was using... Um, obviously painted all the banding, which took God knows how long to begin with. And then I was putting um, typhus corrosion on it. What rust stuff uh, was it that we was? Uh... It's uh, I can't remember what the, the brand is. It's like a rust medium, but apparently it's pretty toxic if you put it in your mouth. So, you know, be lucky, mate. I wonder if it's the stuff um... that's now about eight, <laughs> eight pounds a pot. Used to be used to be made by a company called Model Mates, but it seems to be quite popular again recently. Everyone doing reviews on it. Um, so I wonder if that's what, wonder if that's that stuff. It's good if it is is the stuff that yeah, I think it is. But anyway, that's so. Back to the board. You um, you've done the metal banding and did all the rusty stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I did all that. Um, I used a lot of airbrush on the on the brickwork and stuff, and there was oil washes and stuff put on. I used a lot of powders mm-hmm. on the particularly on the earth and stuff, and then I used rust powders on all the rust, using sort of a couple of different layers of different saturations of um, the rust powder in water mediums. Yep. Yep. Over the top of typhus corrosion because it gave it that sort of gritty texture. Yeah, yeah, typhus corrosion is brilliant for that. It look it looks fantastic, Dan. It looks absolutely amazing, and, and it's definitely worth all the hard work you put into it. The board's incredible. I think because I caused myself so much stress to do it, and I did cut one or two corners I didn't want to, and omitted a few bits I really wanted to do. Um, I'm not as happy with it as I could or should have been. But I will admit it did come out nice. Um, you know, I'm not going to be churlish. I will say, you know, I did. the job I did is, is, is pretty good. Um, so, you know, it, it did look nice on the day. I managed to literally sync up the bases. So Matt's bases completely meld into it. They yeah, countersunk. It looks, it looks they, all of the layout of the metal banding is done to mirror, to literally set all lines up. Um, and, you know, it's got tufts on it. And I had to, the last night, well, not the last night. I think it was the Thursday night rather than the Friday night. I was individually gluing down over a hundred leaves, leaves to it as well. Because um, obviously, in the in the movies, naturally, I was watching that scene often and looking at stills and stuff. There's lots of leaves blowing about. Yeah. So uh, that had to be in there. Uh, Use the the ubiquitous um, green stuff world um, uh, natural leaf litter. Is that one? Yes. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah, I haven't got one. anybody. Yeah. I know another one you mean. Yeah, because I do lots of them, including actually, um, I got my Secret Santa arrived and accidentally opened it. And I will come to that and we'll, we'll do something about that come January and stuff. But um, it did come with a, a baggie of green, um, green stuff world leaves. And it does look heavily like I've been to see my dealer. <laughs> not that I have a dealer. I'll get that one straight out there. It's not my cup of tea. Whatever you want to do, 420, whatever. But it's You not don't have me. to drink it in tea, Dan. <laughs> that's, you don't can't adulterate tea like that. Good grief, you're going to get your pass as an Englishman revoked. But um, 
No, uh, it was it was a bit of a labour of love and at times just a bit of a labour, uh, but it came good in the end, managed to get it done in time. Um, there was a little hobby group that was created um, between myself, uh, Matt Davies, and, you know, he's a bit of a hobby guru and he's, he's good at that kind of thing with his Oskiliath board of sheer awesomeness. And um, Damien Hibern, uh, we were all sort of, you know, it's a group panic. I think it was part hobby blog, part <laughs> therapy. And obviously he was um, putting bits together and there was some voting going on. Oh, um, Tom was in there as well of SBG fame. Um, we were voting on which colours looked best for his bases he was doing for his um, uh, er- Erebor board, which uh, you can find on YouTube. He's done the vlogs. Really, really cool. Um, potentially by the time we drop this, his next part where I think he finishes the board should be available to view. Depends. It'll be Friday of this week. We're recording on... It is Wednesday today, isn't it? Wednesday, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it, it was it was good. Um, it was really nice to sort of you know chat with yourself and chat with them, and it helped keep my hobby sort of you know uh, enthusiasm going. And because at times, especially when it gets to about two in the morning, you <laughs> you flag a little bit. Well, thank God you had apart from um, apart from Glorfindel, thank God you had the rest of the the models already done for it. I suppose so. It oh, like a... it wouldn't have happened otherwise. If I'd, I mean. A couple of people did ask me over the weekend um, how long it had taken to paint, and I've I've given it some thought. And, um, I mean, the actual board itself was somewhere near, if, if you took into account the build time, about 50 to 60 hours. Yeah. It took me to do that over the course of two weeks, which will tell you exactly how long I had to put into that outside of work as well, because I worked both those weeks too. Yeah, that's a, that's, um, that's a lot. It was a lot. Um Glorfindor must have, you know, most of the miniatures that went on it were at least sort of 20 hours each. So I was putting, I put between 150 and 200 hours into that seven model army and display board, <laughs> which is ridiculous when you really think about it, but it did look good. And I can, you know, I can, I can say that. I don't believe it's being conceited to say that it looked good. I was very, very pleased with what I managed. No, no, you should be. We should absolutely should. Be. I think it looks absolutely fantastic. As uh, at some point, hopefully, I'll get to see it in person rather than just not just pictures. But it, it, yeah, it looks absolutely brilliant. So, is there anything you would do differently, and not in terms of critiquing things you painted? Anything you? What are your key learns from from building the board? Well, start earlier would be the first one. Is that the main um, one? <laughs> yeah, I've already, I've already planned next year, so uh, that's going to start a lot earlier. I think I'll start doing that. <laughs> There is, of course, the risk, because I don't think the tickets usually come on sale to the end of September. So there's a risk. I'll start earlier, and then I've completed a substantial amount of the work, and then I don't get a ticket. Yeah. But there were tickets available um, in the week running up. Were they? Well, I didn't get a message from when I was on the waiting list. Don't get me wrong, I couldn't have gone by then, but um, definitely yeah, a lot of the waiting, know, the waiting, the waiting list tonight. doesn't work then. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's not a complaint as i said i wouldn't i couldn't have gone i think we got we might have even discussed that on the last show that it was almost too late by then anyway as soon as i couldn't go that would have been it but yeah i was supposedly on the waiting list through uh through um what's the selling place you get it from um oh the pain in the backside.com whatever they're called you, you know, the eventbrite eventbrite so maybe that it says that they become available but they're not those available ones aren't sort of fed onto Eventbrite, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, that's not a complaint. It sounded a bit sounded a bit salty then. That's not what I meant. But uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't flagged and known. I suppose with the board, Dan, um I've regretted not building mine for the last two years. 
than my plans that are still, which I've talked about on the show millions of times. I'm not going to do it again, but I, um, I think I've already decided that watching after watching you do yours and, and liking how much it looks on a, on a round board. Cause I obviously I bought a round very similar sized, actually, I think tray to do mine on. Um, yeah. I think I've decided that I'm going to build it anyway. Um, and maybe build it with a mind to um, enter armies on parade. Um, if it doesn't look, I'm going to get a ticket or do both anyway. But so at least it's not a wasted project, if that makes sense. Um, that sounds like a, a really, I mean, my next one would probably be slightly similar. It, it's going to be monstrous. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I've, and, and that might be a clue in that monstrous. Mm, Some people okay. have enough, have a rough idea and I would appreciate it if they would uh, keep their, you know, peace on that one. People are not allowed to guess. No, no guessing. <laughs> Under no well, people can guess all they like, but guess. people aren't allowed to say. It, I can't stop them if they do, but I would prefer <laughs> it if they didn't. I would be in some way indebted. I don't know. So you know, there we go. So well, I'm, you know, I'll I'm tell not. you, but that's, that's different. <laughs> There's a few people I was discussing it with, and um, primarily one or two of them have um, already contributed in um, a few ways to uh, to it already. So I, I couldn't really withhold it from them. That would have been rather inappropriate and unfair. But sounds um, intriguing. I, I need to start mine earlier next year because once I start, because it's a project I want to do, um, then I think I'm more likely to do it. If that matter. I was thinking, you know, we talked to this is I, I won't interrupt for very long because it's about the throne of skulls for you. But no, when right. we um, when we talked about me not having an army project for Middle Earth for quite a while, at least for in in, in this scale. Um, it's probably because I still want to paint those ends. So actually, the smartest thing to do is just to start working it and and even and just slowly chip away at it all next year, and maybe um, and maybe do some videos or something on it. So yeah, maybe if you're starting yours early, um, and I haven't started mine by then, I'll start mine at the same time. And if I don't get a ticket, I don't get a ticket. But hopefully, if it's done by, um, I was on parade time. At least I'll I'll enter it on that. So there's so it's something. But anyway, back back to you with your. I, I have just I've sent you a message with containing what it is. Oh oh. Ooh, there we go. I've just seen the message. If anyone can tell from my my reaction, yeah, very. So I think you are mentioned um, it actually. Now you you or you mentioned it would be a cool idea, um, but um, mm, mm. I I have like uh, some models towards that now. So. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Mm. It's going to involve a lot of building stuff, so <laughs> it's going to be because you know, there will not be a three D printer anywhere near it. No, I'm going to do it from scratch. No, you will, yeah. So it's going to take some time. You need something to base that around or build it on. <laughs> no, my mind's going. Uh, I've got a rough idea. <laughs> my mind. No, no, no. We will discuss this. Your, my mind's gone in a different place to yours. I can tell you. Everyone's uh, going to be like, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, um, <laughs> yes, I have plans. Nice. nice it's going to be nice. fun. It's going to be fun. It'll be absolutely massive. So it's going to be cool. Um, Okie dokie. Yes. So. Obviously, finish me board. Um, shout out to Dan Wheeler. Chances are he's not going to listen to this because he doesn't really do Middle Earth. And the last thing he's ever going to want to do is listen to me anymore. <laughs> he has to put up with me every time he tattoos me. So he's, he's probably sick to death of hearing my voice. Um, uh, he lent me a, a big, very useful box to bring it in because I realized I didn't actually have anything appropriate to bring it in. Uh. I went looking and I didn't. I struck out when I went to Hobbycraft and Tesco and a few other places and B&M and the usual suspects to get a box like that, but luckily he had one of the right size with a sheet of metallic stuff in the bottom oh, because amazing. I'd magnetized the entire bottom of my tray. Uh, what um, tray did you use? All by I the did way? to stop it sliding. 
Sorry. What trade did you use, by the way? Is it like a, a tea trade bought tray or was it a... Yeah, it was just like a it was just like a a, a twelve inch diameter, um, per, but the, it had perfectly um, ninety degree sides. Right. So a lot of them have a they're not quite ninety degrees in order to facilitate your hands going around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I deliberately picked one. It was um, yeah, it was twelve inch wide, and I think the sides are an inch and a half high. Yeah. Lip. Yeah. And yeah. it's probably about three or four mil thick. It's made out of actual wood as well. I mean, I made sure uh, of that. Okay. Um, I think mine's like composite bamboo was, or something like that. Because mine was a yeah, nice yeah, I mean, uh, But nice. I don't think I paid a huge amount for it. I think it came from Wayfair in the end. Um, I can't remember where I bought it from. Um, I actually spent a fortune on materials. I did. I spent quite a lot of money with um, Geek Gaming <laughs> Scenics in the end and ended yep. up using about a quarter of the stuff I bought. Um, but that's just... Me when I get let loose with my, my own money, isn't it? So um, I bought loads of bark to do the rocks with. I bought loads of the modelling compound as well because that stuff's just worth its weight in gold. I'll use that for loads of stuff in the future anyway. Exactly. Uh, for those who don't know, that's a mix of sort of it's like fibre, like mostly paper and tissue and stuff, um, mixed with uh, fine casting plaster. But it holds really strong um, and it's malleable for a fairly long period of time. It's a lot better than using expanded foam and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you can actually sculpt into it. So I put it between the rocks, and then you, if you sculpt into it with the sculpting tool, you don't even need to put sand or anything over the top of it. It, it yeah. holds, and it will meld in, which is really good. Um, and then some other uh, fine plaster, similar to what you do. You know, you, you bake it on a tray and then shatter it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used some of those bits and pieces. I'd end up using huge amounts of it. I went out and bought more PVA, and then I found the big tub that I bought to build my gaming table with afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I wasted so much money. I must have spent about £200 on that display board, easily. Wow. It but cost you... way more than the miniatures that went on it. A considerable <laughs> amount more. Well, you've you've, um, you've got that stuff. Now, the thing is, with terrain building stuff, it doesn't really go off. It's an investment. If you keep the stuff sealed, it, yeah, you'll, that stuff will just last forever. So you've got it there now. Because I remember when you first started, when you did the terrain, when you built your own board for when we went to CrackCon, and you built all the terrain for that. You didn't have anything to build any of it. You bought everything from scratch, but now you're probably no. building a bit of a, a kind of collection of, of of stuff. So a good thing to have. Yeah, certainly. It's, it's not, not a bad thing at all. It's um, it's, it's just, you know, when you're sitting there in hindsight and you, you think, oh, I've just wasted so much money on that, especially the time of year it is. It's, money's not exactly uh, growing on trees at the right now. Um, but anyway, worth, totally worth the money. Um, everything got done in time. So I just wedged the corners, had some spare foam um, that basically just braced um, the tray in the centre of the big box that Dan lent me. Yeah. Stop it sliding about because I didn't want anything hitting the sides and cracking any of the plaster or any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that got that got done. Um, drove up there Saturday morning um, because the hotel prices in Nottingham are absolutely astronomical. Um, and I'll be... I'll be in, a word that I shouldn't use on the podcast if I was going to pay for more than one night of that. Um, so I drove on the Saturday morning. Um, Dale Groves was there. Um, he's been really kind to me with um, some bits and pieces I've needed for armies and stuff. So I said, you know, I'll square your way breakfast. And luckily he doesn't really eat breakfast. So that worked out quite cheap for me. Got my coffee in and stuff. Um, but it was good to catch up with him. I spent most of the weekend actually hanging around with Dale. Re- really, really lovely guy. Um, we had a laugh. We have a very similar sense of humour. I.e. we're pretty horrible. That was really good, and a bunch of the others um, sort of turned up as well. Um, and then the event of the weekend, which was the first glimpse of Damien in his costume as the Arkenstein, 
which <laughs> I, I, it defies explanation. Um, his stuff is available on the GBHL. If you go and look at it, there's a particularly good post that's been put up by um, Kalman uh, yeah. regarding it. You have to see it to believe it. But he's very, he was very shiny, <laughs> incredibly shiny. In fact, to the point where he was blowing glitter out of his nose on Saturday night. Um, and he put on the possibly the creepiest voice I've ever heard. Um, have you ever heard the um, the video or the audio tapes from Michael Jackson when he was on Propofol? I don't it was very think similar so. to that, but <laughs> I don't. It, it was. It was. Yeah, it's. It defies explanation. Um, but yeah. Right. Well done, that man, because Damien is totally happy to send himself up entirely for the sake of having a really good weekend and making other people smile, and he uh, did that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Eternal, I, I mean, I, I, I must admit, when I saw pictures of him, I didn't think Arkenstone. That's not where my <laughs> mind went straight away. Um, I can see it afterwards, after it was explained, but I didn't, yeah, it didn't, it, it wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't what kind of first came to mind, um, especially the pointed sort of bit around his head. It, I don't know. I think my, my brain went to kind of what well, is he supposed to be the is, is he supposed to be the the the, the wind lance the bolt from the no that's too big. But is that or he looks a bit more like a like a hammerhead shark stroke fish thing going on. There was lots of things, but Arkenstone wasn't the first thing, but yeah, absolutely brilliant. He just seems to always look like he's from Mighty Boosh, which I'm not sure whether that's what he's aiming for. But um, but, you were going to say, it always looks like he's undergoing some form of breakdown, which should be fair fair as well. There is that as well. Um, But um, yeah, yeah, top sport. Absolutely. Lovely to spend time with him as well unfortunately uh steve crow um got in the way for him which was an absolute gutter i think he announced about 10 days before that he couldn't make it anymore which is a real shame it's always lovely to see steve um a bunch of people visited um mr Entwistle turned up at one point during the weekend which was nice uh matt davies and his turned up and uh sort of a bunch of the sort of regulars for the b simon people i know were there as well so we've got cole daly um michael haskell yeah obviously dale um, we didn't have some of the of the others that I usually think to see at events. We didn't have Larry. Um, we didn't have uh, Harry. Harry wasn't there. Um, a bunch, bunch, bunch of the others. Um, unfortunately, Thomas Macklin wasn't there, and that's always a sad thing. But it was some really, really good people there, and a bunch of people who I'd never really met before, but had seen around the um, communities, um, showing some of the painting and. Um, seen some of the armies coming together. There was a bunch from Twitter as well. I'd not, I didn't really know them, but I'd seen pictures of their armies floating about. So to see them actually turn up and be finished was really cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was um, it was good times, really, really good times. So um, yeah, we did the usual sign in. Um, Jay was uh, helping run the event alongside the the events guys. Um, so he was there on hand to do rules queries and stuff, and actually did ask him one, which was pretty cool. We'll come to that. Um, and probably going to make me look like an idiot, so everyone's going to be going, oh, it's in the FAQ, but you know what, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it down as a, an excuse to uh, talk to Jay, but no, it was uh, really, really, really good. So we'll, we'll nip into the games and talk about who I played and uh, the scenarios we played. This time I did remember to take a little um, notepad with me. 
Um, it's worth noting I did try initially to use that similar like uh, reporter's notepad to keep track of all my characters. Totally stupid. Switched a full-size piece of paper after that because trying to manage all of their resource on that paper was just a joke. <laughs> it wasn't happening. That was one thing that came out of the weekend. I was woefully unprepared um, for A, using magic, or B, using an army that's entirely made of heroes. However, I learned <laughs> loads. So... My eternal gratitude to everyone I played and their patience. They were all really good about it. Um, we had fun times, at least I think so. I got some pretty good sportsmanship scores, I'm assuming so. Good. Really, really lovely times. But um, yeah, I made some proper stupid mistakes. And I did caveat that with a few people. I said, look, I'm probably going to do something really stupid. And I appreciate, because Throne of Skulls is so friendly, you're probably going to say, do you really want to do that? And I said, I appreciate what you're going to be trying to do with that. However, let me make the mistakes. It's the only way I'll learn. <laughs> so everyone was really cool about that. So uh, every, we used uh, a app system. Uh, it's called BCP Player uh, Best Coast Pairings. Okay, yeah. I've uh, heard about that's it. The, that's the thing we were using for the event. You could um, you had to sort of um, submit your army list and a few bits and pieces and register for the event early, and then you checked in once you arrived, etc. I think the guys did that for you, said you'd arrived. Um, and then the pairings, etc., for the weekend were put onto the app. Okay. So you'd know shortly before your games, etc., who you're going to play on what table. Mm-hmm. Um, which was really good, a really good way of doing it. Um, obviously, similar to the way that um, Steve did it with the, the other one, I remember what the other one's called at the uh, top of my head. Uh, cannot remember. <laughs> the one that we were going to use, but. I, didn't remember. Use. Well, I can't remember what it was we used for. Um, uh, Scouring of uh, Cheshire, but uh, similar, very similar thing. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, my first uh, game was against a guy called Max O'Keefe, Kazadum. Again, really, really lovely chap. Um, he running Durin, so naturally lots of half guard. Uh, and we were playing um, Breakthrough. So uh, I didn't write down which scenario number that is, but uh, yeah, scenario 15 from the Match Play Guide. So Essentially, it's um, what you're looking to do is get more uh, friendly models in the enemy uh, in your own objective deployment zone. Yeah. Um, and then there was two on the center line, and you get two victory points for each of those. And then um, uh, if you get two victory points for your opponent's zone, or four victory points if there's none of their models at all near it, you get wounds for enemy leader, or one point victory point for enemy leader wounds, uh, two for killing them, and um, one point for breaking their force. So naturally, I had no idea how to play my army. Never used them before, because, you know, um, doing preparatory games or having any idea what you're doing is, you know, that's for, that's for dirty whackers. Um, I lost priority. I will note with one of your... Uh, miniature realms dice, Stu. Oh, I won. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I basically got a twelve nil hammering on this one. Ouch. There's no other way of putting it. Um, amazing, amazing fun game. Had some uh, phenomenal moments. I made some really, really early mistakes, um, which. Had I played this game of game five when I'd picked up a bit of experience using the army, I may not have made, but you know, you only learn through making some really uh, <laughs> elementary mistakes. Also, it's quite hard to use magic uh, when you've not used it before. Yeah. A little bit reticent to go all in and start blasting people, but then you'd play it too safe. So, actually, starting to learn how to use your magic, um, utilize the powers and the, the, the special abilities your characters have got. 
really makes the army a lot more, uh, uh, you know, efficient. Who'd have known? Um, so it's, yep, yeah, first game. I wasn't very good at magic. That's literally in the notes here. I'm not magic. Oops. However, highlight of that game, Sebastian the Hedgehog killed a half guard. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Went straight through him. And then the first thing I did the next turn was manage to cast off with um, uh, Nature's Wrath, which we basically took to mean Radagast raised the, the hedgehog above his head, did some kind of Highlander, I have the power, and knocked them all down in sheer awe of the fact he just chewed the face off this half guard. <laughs> really, really lovely guy, Max. We had a really fun game. He was very patient understanding of my complete inability to play with my army. Didn't punish me too hard. Played into the theme. Played kind of played into the narrative we were creating together and really really fun game but yeah he gave me a 12 nil spanking so fair play to him although i think he looked a bit more worried than i did as he was thinking oh, i might be on the top tables now <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah we did the um i put in my uh glorfindel on foot for uh hero of legend mm-hmm. uh, at lunchtime it was served a delightful lunch because lunch is included at the warhammer world events and uh, then we came back after that, and I went into game two with a chap called James Barrett. Really, really nice guy in there with the defenders of the Shire army. So it had um, Aragorn and Gandalf and Glorfindel um, backed up with um, some elves with um, uh, the Noldor exiles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I forget the character he's got with them. The guy drawing the sword, he, he only came back as MTO recently. Um, but, and then... Uh, yeah, so he had Glorfindel and he had him on a horse. So uh, an early, really good bit. Uh, Radagast once again panic steeded Glorfindel off his horse, so it was really quite good. And then managed to pop a couple of sorceress blasts into him afterwards with um, Dalf and um, Saruman. So I knocked him down a bit. But pretty much came to an early conclusion that um, characters, especially Aragorn, uh, where three might starts to really start act my resource management because he's constantly draining my might by declaring free moves or free heroics and stuff, and I have to counter in order to stop him murdering half my stuff right, and tying yeah. up all my models before I get to cast anything. So Aragorn turned out to be a bit of a pain in my bum the entire weekend, <laughs> which is fair enough. Um, I started to learn how to use my models more. I started, rather than using offensive spells, done to immobilize and all that kind of stuff. But again, you still needed to go first. So he's always getting around that. I worked out game two that Elrond has um, his foresight. Yeah. So, uh, yep. <laughs> uh, I've completely forgotten about that. Same as a number of other things, like being able to re-roll my uh, casting dice with Saruman. Uh, throughout the weekend, I started to work these things out, <laughs> which is really good. Um, so I did lose 9-6 um, because uh, we were playing um, a Fog of War. And uh, James decided to make his character. Um, he had a farmer maggot and a bunch of hobbits running down the side of the board. I couldn't really get to him with my hero's army because I got stuck in the middle fighting uh, Glorfindel, Aragorn and Gandalf. Yeah. Um, and he managed to get them into a bit of woodland on my side of the board, which pretty much got him all his points because I just couldn't get back to him quick enough to deal with him. At the end of the game, it was... Um, Maggot, nine hobbits, I think it was, um, and then Gandalf. I'd pretty much murdered everything else on on the board. I've done really well as as it sat on the board. I was doing really well, but he played the game and beat me hands down. So fair play to him. Really, really lovely guy. Really nicely painted army as well. His Glorfindel was really lovely. Um, 
really nice to meet him as well. He, um, him and his mate were both um, up for the event and really, really good fun to sort of chat to throughout the rest of the weekend as well. Uh-huh. So um, there was that. And then we moved into Game 3 after a short break and played Carl Daly. So some of the B-Simers will oh, know brilliant. him. Um, some around the community will know him as well. Recently um, held in Grantham with Nathan. Uh, it comes in points. Um, did really well for all accounts and I'm possibly going to go to the next event in January just shout out to those guys he was running Grey Company run by Aragorn and we played Destroy the Supplies so again encountering these the, the, a particularly pain in the bum character but also an awful lot of um, might on his side of the board as well yeah. he had the twins, he had Gimli he had Ar- uh, Legolas and then obviously all of the rangers etc are char- characters so they have resource as well um so he ran rings around me unfortunately i got stuck in a big ruck in the middle again pretty much killed all his stuff but by then he got a small group of um rangers around the side and destroyed all my supplies right yeah um he pulled off so many six um six plus resists is unbelievable (laughs) in that game those bloody one ring dice are horrendous for it i think he got five or six six plus resists off Absolute wow. pain in the bum, that boy, with those dice. Glorfindel <laughs> um, absolutely ran Red Ruin through Aragorn, though. Cut him to shreds. Um, so uh, that was, you know, something to take out of it. Really fun game. Amazingly fun game. Even though I'm not a beer drinker, he did give me one of those um, Brewdog Fellowship Pale Ales. Yes, which I yeah, did drink yeah. when I came home. I actually quite enjoyed it. I don't really like beer very much, but that was really nice. So um, once again... Cheers to Carl. Really, really fun game. It's always really nice to see Carl anyway. Um, but it was really good fun to have a game because we had a game at um, the B-Sign meetup and we had fun then. It's, he's a really lovely guy to play. Really, really, really nice guy to play. Um, so I lost 9-4 on that one because he destroyed all my supplies, but I killed his stuff. Bit of a trend, unfortunately. I kill all the stuff, but lose the game. <laughs> um, and that was sort of the end of, of that day. Uh, then there was the Green Dragon pub quiz. Um, which we did reasonably well. I think we were fifth team overall um, in that. Um, always fun. The really good um, section where Jay basically poses in the pose of <laughs> models from the range, and you have to guess which one they are. Yes, I remember. And that's that always one, yeah. a bit of a giggle. <laughs> so once again, really, really good fun. And then we retired. Uh, sort of basically, you don't you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. They kicked us out of the pub. Um, and we, a bunch of us ended up at the Beef Eater at Castle and Marina um, and then at the bar at the Holiday Inn for a while as well nice. uh, and then we come into day two so um, do the same similar thing to the, the day before um, what Damien have all of his face paint turn up and stuff um, he obviously <laughs> did uh, attend the Beef Eater and stuff having scrubbed his face he appeared to still have glitter all his tear ducts though as I can only imagine how rough that was uh, and he obviously put all his um put all his makeup back on for day two and <laughs> his rather interesting costume. One thing I haven't noted at this point, but I think it was originally, as you'll admit, um, it's originally a woman's costume. Right. And it was tight in all the wrong places, baggy in all the wrong places. <laughs> it was very surreal. Mm. Very, very surreal. Um, so um, my game four was against a chap called James Wilson. Some people uh, may know him. Um, he's a member of the East Anglia Hobbit uh, community as well. Uh, yes. Gave me a really cool dice. Really, really lovely chap. He was playing a Last Alliance army. 
basically the four big characters, Elendil, um, Isildur, uh, Gilgalad and Elrond, plus chaps, you know, um, some elves and some uh, Luminorians. Um, no cavalry, all, all infantry. And we were playing Heirlooms of Ages Past. Now, he was a gent, and we made a gentleman's agreement that if we rolled Maelstrom for each other's deployment zone, yeah. we would re-roll it because we were sat slap bang in the middle of the row of tables. Right. So yeah. we, we, we did say to each other, look, should we just make a gentleman's agreement not to deploy those? Yeah. Because running around those things have been a complete swine. <laughs> and they're a little bit too wide to lean across. And unfortunately, I'm not as skinny as I, would, I should be at the moment, so that would have only ended in tears. Um, so we ended up playing that. Now, I was quite unfortunate. He got quite lucky. I think it was the first or the second heirloom he went for, or objective. He unearthed the relic. Unfortunately, it was the opposite side of the board to my basically my little cluster of heroes and his entire army was in the way of it so from that point on uh, i've had to kill most of his army off in order to um yeah, get the that's relic rough. that's right and um at 25 percent, the game ends so my objective at that point was basically kill lendil yeah which i succeeded to do um galadriel was a bit of a boss in that game and killed loads of stuff in fact, throughout the the majority of the weekend, she was successfully just punching stuff to death. I think, actually, she had the highest kill count in, in combat of all of my characters, including Elrond and Glorfindel. She wow. just successfully just punching everything to death. Halfguard, um, Numenorians, uh, whatever you like. She was just killing it really, really good. Um, they had a lot of high fight characters. Um, I had to expend quite a lot of energy killing off Elendil and his crew. Yeah. Killed their that entire warband off pretty pretty successfully. Um but I just didn't have the combat power to go through him. All right, yeah. And in the end I was twenty five percent out. Still a really, really fun game. I was always on long odds for that one because one, my army was a fraction of the size and two, um should he manage to get the objective, all he has to do is put the rest of his army in front of me and if I kill him I, I lose anyway. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So there was, but you know, he played the game. Really lovely chap. gave me gave me a ten ten two shoeing, but still really really good fun. Really enjoyed it. Um, then we had to. I'd be during that I got the nod to say uh, I'd been nominated for best army, which was really lovely. And at lunchtime, I put my army in the cabinet. Uh, unfortunately, mine was the first one in because I game four was a bit short because he, he gave me a spanking. Um, and then. Lunch, etc., and we all, all voted. Some really nice armies there. I believe there's a really nice uh, post someone put up on the GBHL. If not, all the armies in the cabinets, including mine, are available on the Warhammer World Facebook page. There is a gallery. Nice. Yeah, I think so you I can saw see that. what people voted on there. Um, there were some really, really lovely armies as well um, in there. And then uh, game five was against a chap called Steve Pryor. So if you're listening, Steve, because you did say you were a listener, you and you and your sons and stuff, you listen in the car. Thank you for listening. Thank you for our game. It was wonderful. Um, we'll come into the rest of the game in a second, but hello, mate. It's, and, and to your son as well. It was really nice to meet you as well. Um, and it's always nice when people listen. It's always a little disconcerting when they say they recognize your voice before you really know what they're talking about. <laughs> but thank you very, very much. Um, so he was playing Assault on Helm's Deep Legendary Legion. Now, you're going to have to forgive me uh, and the listeners. Um, you met uh, a chap who, um, at Throne of Skulls, 
and I believe he had cancer and he had undergone surgery. Yes, yes. Steve is his friend, and uh, he's sort of attended on predatory on his behalf because uh, I I can't remember the exact nature of uh, how that worked out, but Steve said he's basically their friends and um, he, he's attended. He painted up his army sort of quite quickly, sort of colour matched some bases for stuff that was done twenty years ago, and it's a really nice looking army. It's on Helm's Deep list, so it was it was obviously that was a quite a nice. Nice that it's all tied into sort yeah. of, you know, people you've met and stuff. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. I forgot the guy's name, and I'm really sorry about that. Um, but um, either way, um, Steve mentioned you and he gave you a shout out. Oh, thank you, Steve. So, no, that no, takes me back. Okay. Actually, I remember talking about that on when I uh, when I did my rundown of the 2019 event, and it's lots happened between them yeah. and then. But um, no, that's that's really nice. So yeah, uh, we played contest of champions, which. Could have gone either way, really, um, given that it's Saruman who's technically got to do the hero of legend. Uh-huh. Um, but all we really need to do is get one off and then kill his leader, um, which started quite well. Uh, and then Steve displayed some of the most outrageous luck I have ever seen. So one of the rules for um, Galadriel Lady of Light, for those who don't know, her and anyone within six inches of her effectively are constantly under the effect of um, blinding light. You can only hit them on a natural six. Unless it's uh, Legolas, which we covered in um, uh, Carl's game, and that's the question I had to ask. Uh, what takes precedence with Jay? Are there people uh... who are going to be slapping their hand to their forehead on this one? But I didn't know. Sue me. Anyway, uh, Steve not only managed to roll a straight six and shoot uh, three times in a row and shoot Radagast in the face with a siege bow yeah, and siege blister. Um, yeah, he, he, I think he hit him twice, no less. Um, he managed to get a bomb straight around the back and blew Galadriel to pieces, straight six for wounds. Ooh. Anything about it. Blown to bits. <laughs> Took most of the will, sorry, most of the fate and the might off anyone standing near it. Killed at least a third of his own army, and uh, <laughs> then I completely fluffed up um, trying to shank his um, Urukai captain, right. the special one you get. Um, so I messed up my rolls for Elrond, uh, and a troll managed to pull his arms and legs off. <laughs> um, some berserkers ganged up on Glorfindel, and I, I spooned my dice, and uh, in the end, uh, Thrain fled, and it. Uh, took me out and we ended up on a 3-3 draw oh. so i ended up ending the weekend on three major losses a minor loss and a draw but all really really fun games really fun games that's the main thing so uh <laughs> yeah it was uh the last game was just carnage it was over quite quickly unfortunately but you just can't bet for the luck can you and he just he had outrageous luck absolutely outrageous luck um but a really really fun game really nice to meet you steve as well uh, and with that, the games were over. So I'd pretty much populated the bottom of the uh, table um, the entire weekend. I think I literally got about 0. 0.5 of a battle point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I sucked all weekend. I think I got 12 victory points the entire weekend through. So I accumulated one potential game's worth over five games. <laughs> um, but that's fine. I had an immensely... I knew going in that army wasn't particularly competitive, particularly in the configuration of taking it. The army I wanted to paint and take. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have fun and learn something new. And, and they're fair, tricky also to, not to play on top of it as smash well. people. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 it's not because the Bjorn's did before. really well. 
Yes, yes, I remember. And that wasn't due to me. That's just due to the strength (laughs) of the list and the fact I had Chris with me to tell me when I was being an idiot. Yeah. So I'd rather just take a list that, you know, I might screw up, but at least it's on my own terms um, and have fun with it and learn something. And I really learned a lot about magic and about balancing my resource and hero armies and stuff. I bet. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm an expert. Of course I'm not, but I'm just not terrible anymore. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Playing those, playing five concentrated games on your own over the course of a weekend, you do by the end of that weekend you've even if you've never played that army before you've 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 definitely blown the dust off you've got a bit of an idea how, to, how they might work yeah um and yeah for something I, like I could that, hold my own on a, a yeah. games night i think exactly exactly i mean I, I think we we talked about it before when i was thinking about painting that army myself and i just said it'd be fun to paint but I, it's just my brain doesn't work well enough to play a finesse army like that. So, um, fair play to you for I'm not sure mine does either, mate. <laughs> but <laughs> yours is better than mine for that hat. kind of thing. That's for sure. So yeah, but fair play to you for for, for taking it and and having some fun with it. And it sounds like other people had fun playing you as well. So that's all the better. Yeah, um, I I did do really well for that. Actually, I did just quickly grabbing it out of um, one of the chats room because obviously they do post up the uh the tables at the end of the event yeah. um which is pretty cool obviously the, the, the player listings and what people scored etc and i actually did okay i came 40th overall in terms of the rank although i lost all of my games pretty much or didn't win any of them i think i only scored like three points for game which is, and and <laughs> so good not, not very good yeah so i think that was about 15 yeah 15 vp i got However, I got a full 15 for army presentation score, which I can't say enough about because that's basically every one of my opponents voted for my army for best army for one of their two yeah, that could. that's brilliant. Which, you know, is, is pretty wonderful. And considering I'm a bit of an arse, three of them voted me for sportsman as well, <laughs> which, you know, thank you very much to those who did. For the other two, I am going to ask for a refund. Um <laughs> Really, really nice to play the the five people that I did. Um, it's obviously really, really lovely to to sort of see the people I did as well. Um, that there were a number of the B signers obviously in attendance, and naturally because I I do know some of them, it helps. And you know there there was um, some really good people that sort of dressed up, and yeah, it, it was it was a really sort of more probably like a little con, like a little convention or something. Than yeah. A, a full-on, you know, event uh, of a tournament style. So it was, it was really chilled. Obviously, it's the first time I've been able to do Throne ever, and I was really looking forward to it. Everyone's always said, you know, it's it's wonderful, and we should all go and do it. And you've always spoken so incredibly highly of it. Mm-hmm. It was it was always something I wanted to do. So um, yeah, I had to wait a little while, fortunately, for everyone else to finish their games before we could. Uh, you know, wait and see who'd won what and that this, that and the other. They did end up moving the um the award ceremony a bit further forward because people were done early enough to be done and they'd be able to connect, collect the scores and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Which was cool. Um so yeah, uh they ended up obviously started coming to the awards ceremony. Now, this is really terrible. I can't remember who won what for the, the placing for the uh, for thrones. I know that's absolutely blooming terrible. Um, <laughs> I can just remember that there were a bunch of us who got nominations for Best Army because, let's be honest, it's what I went for. Mm. So uh, Julian Hammond got a nomination for his Rohan, which are always really lovely. Yeah, um, I've only seen pictures of them, but yeah, I'm very impressed with those. They look fantastic. 
it's very cool and he's he's done a really nice job with the um display board as well everything's finished to a really high standard which is yes. really nice very neat there's, very there's, clean, like a, very there's, good. A, there's a quality to it yeah mm. it's very very neat he paints in a more citadel style yep. than i do i'm a lot rougher around the edges than, than than what he does and his stuff's really pretty um so that was good scott whitefoot got in obviously i got in um and oh god i can't remember the names i'm not even gonna try it's just be embarrassing if i, if I even gave it a go <laughs> well done to everyone who got nominated really really well done um i ended up coming away with second place which was amazing so I, I really appreciate that um scott got third and uh then uh it was a beautiful error board that took first mm-hmm. yeah um again cannot remember the guy's name fun get oh, the only thing i know is um he was at the bar uh on saturday is night one of the fable like a nice guy creative guys or something like that isn't it yes i think i believe he is yes um and i know that he did that pretty much in the pandemic so it's been a long time coming he did a lot of work on it um he also got icon of legend for his uh, iron hills chariot with the chamberable on it yep. yep um yeah so i can't remember who got warband probably should remember it's a bit, bit poor of me that i can't i've not seen that um, one announced and- actually um I got it for my Glorfindel for Hero of Legend, so I took Hero of Legend as well, which was really, really, really uh, humbling. So thank you to everyone who who voted for me for both Army and for, for Hero of Legend. I really appreciate that. Very well deserved. Um, stunning, stunning paintwork. Well, Especially, you. I love your board. I absolutely love it. Fantastic. And it's nice to see you walk away with some uh, some more um, gongs. Yeah, a bit of glassware. It, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if we're completely honest, what I go for is for the painting stuff. Mm. That's the hobbyist I am. I generally view gaming, although I enjoy it, it's more that's the excuse for socialising and for meeting people and for painting armies. And, you know, if we want a little bit of excuse to show off what I painted because that's what I like doing. Whereas some people enjoy their place on the table in, in terms of the, the, the leaderboard. Um, for me, it's just putting out some nicely painted stuff and, you know, chatting with other people and look at what they've painted and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it was really nice to come away with that. Um, obviously, the, the the tables and stuff and who won what's been discussed heavily on the GBHL. If you go on there, you can find it all. I am sorry for those I've forgotten that they've uh, been included in these bits and pieces. I am terrible with names and always have been. It's why I took the notepad, so I've got everyone who I played's name down. <laughs> that's, that's as good as it gets, I'm afraid. Is it um, Tom Thorpe won the whole and thing? And less than person. That Tom Thorpe won the whole Sorry? thing. Tom Thorpe won the That's whole thing. That's it. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he won best sportsman as well. Yeah, he's. he's I. I don't so, know him. He was there when I was there, and but I. 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 I, he, I know he's very highly spoken of, and he's. He's a very very good painter as well. Um, yeah, he got. He got a. He got a painting nod as well. He got nominated. So, yeah, his 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 army was very very pretty. Yeah, that doesn't um, surprise me. I think so, he was. I'm pretty sure he was nominated. That went the year I was there when I was nominated and um, I think he, he might have actually placed, I can't, no he didn't it was, no he didn't place, he might have won for one of the individual painting awards I can't remember but oh, a very very good painter and he's, I think he does, does stuff on YouTube and things as well and I can't remember his uh, YouTube channel name off the top of my head but um, I know I follow him on Instagram etc etc so yeah another, another good painter worth checking out and it's fable underscore creative on Instagram for um if the guy who won, if you want to see the board that Dan mentioned there, um, 
But uh, yeah, I can't help you any more than that, Dan. I'm afraid. But you, you at least you you took notes this time and remembered the people you played, which is a, a, a improvement on the doubles. Well, you know, it's <laughs> baby steps to perfection. Mate. Absolutely. We'll yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have you videoing but, people next uh, time. Uh, no, because <laughs> it means I'll have to be on it, and I'm not. I'm not doing that. Uh, that's a step too far for me. But uh, yeah, really, really, really good fun. Cannot recommend Throwing the Skulls enough. If you've enjoyed listening to my rambly uh, nonsense about it, what is wrong with you? But all the same, really, really good fun. Totally suggest you go. And uh, obviously, I'm sure you'd echo that uh, as well, wouldn't you? From your experiences there, uh, yeah, yeah. I've only been, I've only been there once, but um, but yeah, absolutely loved it. And it's um, yeah, probably one of the best best events I've I've done, including many different systems and things. Just really enjoyed the atmosphere there, and I always love being in Warhammer World. So I will definitely be trying to get a ticket again next year if it's a weekend that I'm able to, to you know be free on. Um, and, and hopefully I do, but um, yeah, if, if not, maybe I'll need to try something else like doubles, but we, we will see, we'll see how the year's looking next year and how that fits in with doubles family and holidays and stuff. Yeah, doubles looks fun, but when was that? What month was that? Uh, July, August time, yeah. which obviously school holidays. If it's in the school holidays, it's probably going to be a no, but yeah, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll look at something. I don't necessarily want to do the GT, that's not really me. Um, but we'll um, no, no, we'll I, I wouldn't do GT either. I mean, it we'll see about throwing next year. I, I, it may be that my throne gets rolled over into the next year because it falls around the same time as Scaring Sterling Shear, and I and I do want to get to that. Yes, I can't do both, it's too much. Yeah, I just watched a um a video on on Sterling, um, G Max, um, minis, nothing not related to me at all, but it's a very good YouTube channel. I'll pop a link in the in the show notes. He's a good. A good lad, and it's always good fun to uh, to, to watch his videos. Not always safe for work, though. So if you're gonna <laughs> gonna watch him, be careful. But um, it does look like an awesome event, and uh, it's definitely one that uh, I wouldn't mind doing at some point in the future. Damn, why do I have kids? Hey, why do I have kids? Anyway, um, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you can answer that one, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you um, you've had an awesome awesome time and it was really really nice to see you um walk away with some awards for that work you did with the painting because i know how much effort you put into it um and uh you never know the way the voting goes in those things and i was there's always that chance that you uh that, that good armies don't don't get nominated or they get missed out or something or other or you get a bad spot in the cabinet and things and um but i was really really pleased when i knew you you'd actually you'd actually won, won some things because um you definitely deserved it um as did the other winners as well yeah it was it was it's good it's always humbling to especially when it's from your peers i mean obviously um chris and i got judges choice at doubles which means a lot in a different way um it's but it's nice when your peers turn around and say you know well done pat on the head and you know you've done you done you, you did all right with the hairy brush there and that is that is a really nice thing to, to to get from people so you know thank you to everyone who voted yeah, absolutely. I suppose that brings us to the end of, of, of my ramble about Throne of Skulls. So, um, in other words, really good fun. Go if you can. Just don't get a ticket for me. <laughs> yes, yes. Better better luck to me next year. Um, right, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take a, a little short break and we'll come back and we'll close the show down. And here we are, ready to close the showdown. So, Dan, is there anyone you'd like to uh, say anything to or anyone you'd like to thank or anything before we before we let these people go? 
Yeah, of course. Um, kind of a recap. So uh, once again, to Michael Haskell um, for a very generous donation to Calm. Really appreciate that, mate. And, uh, you know, I would, I would have done it for free, but that you've donated that to charity. Really, really nice to all my opponents, to everyone I spoke to, uh, sort of especially for the sort of the laughs and stuff, um, to, uh, to Damien and to Dale and the, the Carl, the b sign people, and then my opponents and stuff at Throne of Skulls. Also worth noting at this stage, Damien won a uh, costume competition. Well deserved. We didn't cover that before, but well done, mate. Um, and yeah, just generally everyone who's um, really nice about what we do and who's really nice on the different channels and stuff, uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram and stuff. So uh, thank you very much for everything, guys. Fantastic, fantastic. And um, yes, yeah, so... Thank you, everyone, for waiting for us to put another show out and listening again. Um, again, with, this is going to be our only show in December, and we haven't made it very Christmassy. I think there's something similar like that happened last year. We're like, oh, right at the end, we're like, oh, wasn't this supposed to be the Christmas special? Best had some bell sounds or something. In. But uh, hopefully, December, not <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, everyone has, has a, a fantastic Christmas and gets to spend some time with their family and relax away from work and all of those things and, and get some hobby time if it's the time of year that you end up. I know a lot of people actually get more time this time of year. I know some people get less because it's, uh, you know, less free time with, uh, in the evenings and more time with their families and stuff. Whatever happens, hopefully you have a good time and get some good treats for Christmas. I imagine there'll be quite a few people getting their Royal Skillius box sets at Christmas. Um, I think I've got a few people that, have, have, that I know of that are definitely having those at Christmas as well. And um, we alluded right at the top of the show about um, sort of me faffing around with the podcast. I'm just in the pro- process of moving the host from Podbean to Acast as we're recording this tonight. Um, so if you're listening to this, then... You know, you'll, you you found us, or it's carried on working one way or another. Um, essentially, Acast is free, and Podbean charges us fourteen dollars a month to do it. So, um, yeah, it's uh, makes makes sense to move over to, to Acast. Hopefully, the way it will work is you've had to do nothing, um, and your feed has been redirected. That's the one bit I'm struggling to get working properly at the moment. Worst case scenario, we'll be posting up in our um, social media anyway and saying, um, please um, resubscribe, that kind of stuff. But hopefully it doesn't come down to that. But it's um, already, as I'm speaking now, I can see it's already dragged all of the existing episodes over onto the new hosting place. So nothing, everything will still be available, all the back catalogue. It will just be the the rerouting of the feed, um, which I think works right. Um, People shouldn't need to do anything, essentially. But um, this will be the testing period. So uh, you may have seen lots of posts asking people to click links and resubscribe. You may have not heard anything at all, depending on what happens over the next few days. Um, But other than that, uh, thanks again for listening. Have a good Christmas. Take care, and we'll catch you soon. Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye.